<laughs> it feels so good to be so bad. Evil will always triumph because good is dumb. Have you ever heard of the healing power of laughter? So, are you just going to test out your villain lines all day long? I mean, we, we heroes learned how to talk, you know, so it's time for a good interruption here. So, shut up, please. I thought there were a lot more of us, though. Wow, all your diabolical schemes are good at killing off our team. Good thing replacements just keep on coming. Plus, we can change our abilities now. It doesn't matter what your evil plans are, we can do whatever it takes to win. I will knock you all down! Here it comes, podcasting's finest few hours of gaming prizes. Action RPG fans, come on down! Final Fantasy players, come on down! Might and Magic lovers, come on down! And Diskea fanboys, come on down! You are the first four contestants on the RPG Backtrack! And here are the stars of the RPG Backtrack, Phil Willis and Mike Mickey. your sword to prepare your spells. Your friends at RP Gamer got a story to tell. Are you ready to hear about your favorite RPGs? Because we'll be going back a few years in history. If you've got a backlog that is really long, we'll tell you what's right to play and what is wrong. we got RP Gamer staff on the mic to talk about these games for most of the night. So pull up a chair, we will give you no flack. You're listening to the RPG Backtrack. And welcome to RPG Backtrack. This is episode number 133. It wasn't always an oxymoron. I'm your co-host Phil Willis, and my other co-host here is Mike Meeky. This is the introduction part of the show normally where I introduce everybody. Unfortunately, I lost the original audio file of me introducing everybody and doing some kickoff jokes and such to get this show started. So, this introduction is actually more of a monologue as I'm doing this before... I slapped the rest of it together with my powers of editing. So, along with Mr. Minky, I also had two other guests uh, talking with me this evening about our trio of games that we have on the docket. First up, we have Cassandra Ramos, and we also have Mr. Michael Baker. So, we've got uh, four of us here to talk about Final Fantasy 1 through 3. It used to be, I remember when the first game came out, Final Fantasy, 
hey, it, it was final, right? It's the biggest fantasy of all. Then <laughs> they lied. Then they released more of them. Now, to clarify, we're going to be talking about the NES era of Final Fantasy games. Uh, because I remember Final Fantasy II uh, actually being a Super Nintendo game. And then Final Fantasy III also being a Super Nintendo game. But uh, as most of you know, those were actually Final Fantasy IV and VI in Japan. We're actually going to be talking about Final Fantasy I, which came out here on the NES in the United States, as well as two and three, which were not released until much later on when we got the ports of them uh, here in the United States. But were originally released for uh, the NES, or whatever the Japanese version of that is, um, a long, long time ago, back in the late 80s or whatnot. I introduce each game and its release dates, um, various release dates and the such. So my uh, my guests are all queued up, along with Mr. Minky. We're going to talk about our memories and our thoughts on these uh, these games and whether or not you should go back and play them again, or for some of you, for the first time. Maybe you want a retrospective. We'll tell you what to look for and what to avoid. So uh, sit down, grab yourself a cold one, and get ready to take a walk into the NES days of role-playing games. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. Welcome back. So yes, today we revisit, we retackle, we take on the first three Final Fantasy games, and we will start off by talking about Final Fantasy. Not Final Fantasy One, just Final Fantasy. When we really thought it really was final, this was developed by Square, uh, published by the same. Released originally on the NES, and then shortly thereafter on every single other platform ever known to man, including my cell phone. No, uh, not, sh- not shortly thereafter. It took a while. <laughs> took a while. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it got put on some some of the most obscure systems of the period in Japan. Wander Swan. Did it go on the MSX? MSX too. Yes, it did. Actually, I remember you asking me a question about the MSX and Japan Demonium once. And that was one of the few RPGs I could find listed for it. <laughs> We've got, uh, this is, uh, contrary to popular belief, a single-player RPG. I know a lot of our listeners thought Final Fantasy was originally an MMO uh, from 1987. No. Released December 18th, uh, 1987. uh, In Japan. In Japan. And then here in North America on July 12th, 1990. And very important, released on the uh, 3DS Virtual Console December 18th, 2013 in Japan. So, um... Yeah, keep that in I, mind. I think you're skipping over a few other issues in the in the middle. You mean other day? Well, you can list them all. 
We can do that. Sure. Absolutely. Let's just do the American one, though. Uh, well, let's see. That, that's NES. fine. That's plenty. Okay. <laughs> that, that is plenty. Uh, July 12, 1990, as I mentioned, on the NES. Then we have the PlayStation version, April 8th, 2003. I believe that was part of like a one and two collection. Final right? Fantasy Origins, I think. Origins. Mm-hmm. Then we have the Game Boy Advance, November 29th, 2004. We have the PSP version. Uh, which I have very pretty, uh, June 26, 2007. Then the iOS version on February 25th, 2010. The Windows Phone version, June 13th, 2012. And last but most certainly not least, Android, July 27, 2012. So, okay. Mike. Infect has nine different entries for just Final Fantasy, and I don't recognize some of these system um, abbreviations. <laughs> yeah. What's BB supposed to be? E-E. Oh. E-E. E-E. That's it. that's all it says. BB. We have Android, iOS, mobile, BB, Master um, MSX. That's so Master System, right? Um, yeah, yeah. MS- I would think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, Master System. Yes, PlayStation. W I N M. Windows hmm. Mobile. I guess Ooh. that's one. And finally, Wonder Swan Color, which I don't know. I have Final Fantasy two on that one. But, yeah. See, Phil didn't announce that because sadly we never got the Wonders one. Yeah, uh, yeah I know, I know. So, Mr. Uh, before we get started with this, uh, Mr. Minky, would you explain to our audience why I said we're revisiting this trilogy and why are we revisiting it? <laughs> Once upon a time, in the original incarnation of the backtrack that lasted ten episodes, our very own Michael Cunningham did indeed schedule talks for the first, the early Final Fantasies. This one was scheduled with Final Fantasy 2 and nothing else, and I think it and 3 work as a trio pretty well when we discuss them. And let's face it, that was, geez, that was six years ago. We've had plenty of time. See, look at all those releases you just announced. Half of those weren't out when we, when the original recording was done. And you know what? The original Final Fantasy in particular is such a complicated mythos that we can be spending all night unpacking it. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, there's such deep character development, plots within plots. It's, wow, we could be here all night. We're speaking, of course, of the nuclear power rendition. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, That came out, uh, when did that come out, Mike? I know. I think I was still in college when it started, so this is at least 12 years ago. Yeah, it took a good nine years to finally end, but you want characterizations for the Final Fantasy I cast, that's where you'll find them. Oh, yeah. Sword chucks, yo. Sword chucks. And, oh, my brittle little old man hip. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So... Stabity. Stabity, stabity. Yeah. So we are absolutely Spider Doken. <laughs> so we're absolutely doing this in the more modern uh, backtrack, which included a skit at the beginning, includes classic musical transitions, and most importantly, my warp. Well, sense you never of humor. got to talk about him, Phil. I know that's what I'm saying because that's the uh, that's the change. My warp sense of humor, or something. I, I should probably be drinking alcohol. That that helps the experience. What, you, you haven't been drinking anything yet? No, I've just been drinking soda water with well, a twist of lemon. I think this is the first time I've been on a backtrack where you weren't three sheets into the wind before we started recording. 
Mm, I, I just drink on special occasions usually. Well, wait until we get to start to talking about two. <laughs> okay, that, that would be a special occasion. That, that, <laughs> that would qualify. Because, uh, yeah, that's a special game. Uh, but let's focus on one. Let's Because let's, we got so much to unpack here. Uh, this paragraph, I mean, this plot is at least a paragraph long here. So, uh, who, uh, well, just who wants- think of all the dialogue that your characters have to share with you. <laughs> right, right, because that's exactly what I remember. Um, boy, did they ever add that in like a party chat option like Dragon Quest games in the Android version? Maybe. Maybe. It wasn't in the GBA version, I can you, tell you that. You know, I think it was in the Windows phone in the Android version. The catch was, though, instead of the, you know, when you hit the party chat button, instead of the words popping up on the screen and you read them, you had to make them up in your head. So, but it added so much to the game. So much. So much immersion, yeah. So much immersion. So, uh, let's uh, let's talk about the, uh, the, the plot, the setting, the story, the meat of Final Fantasy One. Who wants to take take this one away? Crystals. Crystals, right. Very important. Crystals. There's four of them. Fire, earth, water, and something else. Fill Fiends the of the elements. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And somehow the fiend of the earth crystal is an undead lich. Because that completely yeah. makes sense. It's not an earth elemental or a, a skr- graveyard dirt. Yeah, that's what I figured. Graveyard <laughs> dirt. You can't lich. really get more earthish than getting buried. Okay, okay. You know, maybe if it was a mummy, maybe he's a lich. He's a wizard. Well, liches are wizards that have just you know yes, become but, undead through magic and trapping but, their yes, souls. But the word lich comes from an old English word that means graveyard, the lichyard. Oh, jeez. I think he trumped you there, Phil. The deep plots of Final Fantasy. Stories behind each one of their villains that we make up as we go along. Um, <laughs> or you can do some swapping because all the bonus dungeons that you get in the later renditions of this game and just say, oh, uh, that, it must be that talking octopus that I found in the bonus dungeon. There. That's a more appropriate guardian of the Earth Crystal, right? Hmm. Oh boy! All right, Earth is in trouble. Something, um, something. It, save the crystals. You have to save the princess at the very beginning. Right, that was pretty fu- damn funny. That's that's right, because you know, I mean, back then it was all about saving the princess. You had to save her and Zelda. So I started off Final Fantasy, and they're like, "Yeah, our princess has been taken. Um, you know, she bad guy. Go get her." And, and, and as soon as I go out. Uh, you know, I, I I have to grind up a little bit because because these things were kind of tough, and I had to buy a few armors and weapons, and then I finally was able to go to the castle, and I saved her. Seriously, I thought the game was over. I was done, and because a screen comes up and it looks like an ending screen, and this... as soon as you cross the bridge north of the castle, whenever they actually finish rebuilding it, and it gives you the opening credit screen. Yeah, I you know I I honestly didn't think the game was completely over, but honestly, it kind of felt like really that that's it. Was was that all? But no, no, that's just no. the introduction. And now let's let's do yet another nuclear, the first of many nuclear power segues, and say they really should have had Pr- Princess Sarah be the character from Nuclear Power. Did you ever read that comic? No, I, I have it. You have to link link this uh, this this yeah. thing that you speak well, of to here, me. Here, well, I'll link it. A, a bit of a spoiler, not much, but 
Princess Sarah has been kidnapped so many times by so many different villains that she ends up having to school Garland and how to properly do this. And he still messes it up with the I make you fall down line. And she's just so dis- just disgusted with him that she spends most of the rest of the series being an active villain. Just to show him how it's done, idiot. Oh, jeez. Well, it was something about those stupid imps that stole the right text. No, that was Garland's obsession. He was obsessed that he believed that the imps were going to come and steal his socks at night or various other things. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, we could we could have a, a whole podcast on just the social ramifications on our culture that Final Fantasy <laughs> One has had. I mean, just uh, that's you know I haven't even read this comic you're talking about, but I can't remember the name of it. But I read this really run, long running comic that was basically based on the whole Warriors of Light thing from from Final Fantasy, and that's to say but, nothing of the number of uh, JRPGs it's influenced. What's that? Was it a sprite based comic? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. What was that one called? This Eight may have been theater? Nuclear Power. All right. Let, let me take a look at. Uh, let me take a look at this. Oh yeah, this is the one. Okay. Yep. Except yep. I haven't been reading it like lately. It's been years since I read this. We'll start well, over again and just enjoy the magic. Oh, there's and, another one yeah, I'm thinking of and too. The mutilation and the bloodshed. Yes. Yeah, there's a number of uh, there's a number of good funny comics using the the sprites from from this original Final Fantasy. This is a. Uh, this is another. I've seen this one before, but I, I don't remember reading it. I think I got sidetracked with stupid stuff like work. Um, so uh, thanks for bringing it back, back up. Getting back to the actual game, what was the evil plot supposed to be? Because all I remember is that it got messed, got mixed up in some really bizarre three thousand something year time um, time loop, where the villain uh, became his own mentor or something like that. Okay, the the four fiends of the elements used their power to pushed Garland 3,000 years into the past, where he became Chaos, and then he would in the present still be Garland to be beaten up after he lost all his powers over the 3,000 years. I I don't really remember or understand it myself. It, I think it was actually sent into the future, and somehow that would get the power of the Fiends after they were defeated to become Chaos. And that created a, a stable time loop or something. I don't know. Basically, it makes Final Fantasy VIII's time compression thing seem a little more reasonable. <laughs> a little. Not much. That's quite an accomplishment. And yet it still makes more sense than Final Fantasy XIII, too. <laughs> Okay. I'll take your word for it. I, I no, I haven't played thirteen two either. I'm just I'm just guessing here, but yeah, you know, Square Enix's track record with time travel, as Chrono Trigger aside, has not been the best. Yeah, that's putting it mildly. It's probably for the best that this plot, even though it makes no sense, can still be summed up in a paragraph. Because the more paragraphs you add, the more factors that make no sense there are to be contemplated. So let, let, let's go with the game system then, because that's really b- most of what we have to talk about with this one. Is um, I mean, how was this one different from all the other RPGs that were coming out in the 8-bit period? Well, first off, I didn't play it on the NES. Who did? Oh, I played on the NES. Oh my gosh, this is my first JRPG. Well, technically, I played it on the NES, if you count the NES ver- uh, version via Windows 95. Um, <clears throat> okay, so, so you're not yeah. experiencing it in the time, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, trying to sound elitist there. 
But you didn't experience it in the time period when it was originally... Wrote, no, in wrote. that time period, I was playing Bard's Tale. Oh, yeah, Bard's Tale's good. Um, which was a first-person perspective, a lot like the original Fantasy Star, I think. And mm-hmm. Yep. And so the, the entire side view thing in Final Fantasy was actually kind of new for the period, wasn't it? Hmm. I mean, seven. Yeah, because Dragon Quest still had, had first-person battles. Yeah, and Fantasy Star had first-person everything. Mm-hmm. And um, what what was the other big series that for console? Um, there was was Ultima yeah, on consoles. Guess, yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, on consoles at the time, I mean, it was it was definitely the premier console experience for a number of people, myself included. Um, what 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 was um, different for me was I came from PC gaming, um, and while a lot of PC gamers were playing, you know, like some of those other main series, I was playing Dungeon Dragons Gold Box games. So coming from that to Final Fantasy was a bit hard for me because yeah. the the Gold Box games are tactical affairs that require a lot of thinking in fights, whereas Final Fantasy got characters on one side got monsters on the other side and it's pretty much just attack and see what happens and uh, I don't know if you look on YouTube you'll see that people with four unpromoted white mages have gotten to chaos which just blows my mind <laughs> yeah there, there's there's people who definitely come up with some challenges so it's that one in Pokemon that people are always doing the Chronicle challenge or something Gruzel. Nuzlocke Nuzlocke so. uh, yeah that's where you basically get you capture one Pokemon of every route and then keep it name it, and mm-hmm. if it gets fainted, you swap it out, you release it, and capture another Pokemon, and you're always starting over. Or keeping getting something completely random that may not be very strong. I've never done it myself, but... It's got yeah. a following, so mm-hmm. the same thing with Final Fantasy is like, yeah, there's people who challenge themselves. So, one of the... Okay, start... Let's go back even a little bit further. The first thing that jumps out of you when you play Final Fantasy game... Um, it wasn't a big surprise for me back then, but in retrospect, it's a big surprise. It's the fact you get to make your whole po- – you get to pick the classes of your party and name them. Uh, yeah, game set – what's that? Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that was pretty big because, I mean, Dragon Quest, you just had this one character. Fantasy Star, you had the set with actual characters, but in this one, it was make your own group and have fun. Right, and it was kind of disappointing to me when I played uh, some of the console RPGs later on, and I couldn't even do that, you know, because mm-hmm. that felt like it was taking even more choice from me. So uh, when I went back even uh, later on and played some of the remakes and stuff, I was like, ah, I get to make my own party again, which is, of course, you can always do in the D&D games as well. So I always appreciate that extra freedom of being able to, to choose your characters, their classes, and um, I think you get to pick how they look like too. No, that's based on their class. So you get to imagine their gender. Yeah, this I is a Final Fantasy game with a yeah, class, class change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's right. But it's, get... but it's a one-time only class change, and it's specific on what. It's more of a promotion than a class yeah. change. Yeah, it's an upgrade. It's an upgrade. Right? Yeah, it's more like the thing Camelot does instead of the way it's handled with other job system games. Yeah. And it's really cute how you go from looking like kids to looking like badass warriors. Yeah, there's a kind of a disconnect between the, the first character sprites and the later character sprites, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like uh, suddenly my character started taking like some sort of male hormone product with some Rogaine or something, and boom. So even White Mage, because uh, White Mage doesn't look that female once she gets promoted. Nope. And nope. Yep. This reminds me of Vera from In Living Color. Rawr! Look at me now, boys. 
Jim Carrey. Oh, those are hilarious. Anywho, um, <laughs> fire marshmallow. Fire marshmallow. Um, yeah. So you make up you make up your own party, and yeah, you're kind of set out there to to, to do quest and and uh, save the world from big bad uh, demons. But the well, combat's so pretty turn based Garland, affair. And then you go beat up some pirates. Yeah. The uh, the interesting thing was, and I, I, I'm trying to remember how many other Final Fantasy games, probably I think just maybe two-ish or so. I'm, I'm not quite familiar with two and three. But uh, uh, so the spell casting system, at least in the original iteration, was using the D&D-based system. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? The Venetian or something like that? I so, keep... Something like each um, each level of spell had a certain number of uses available. Mm-hmm. So like... Um, for Black Mage, the first tier was Fire 1, Ice 1, and Bolt 1, and you had a certain number of uses available just for that tier. And the more you leveled up, the more points you got for each tier, and the more tiers you got available, and you had to buy magic for it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. One, Final Fantasy 1 and Final Fantasy 3 both used that originally. Final Fantasy 2 was the weird one. In so many ways, <laughs> right? So yeah, yeah. So. It, it was. It's always a problem. You know, it's a. I, I do play uh, Pathfinder, which is basically D and D three point seven five edition or whatever have you, and that system is still there for the most part. Like when you yeah. run out of third level spells, it doesn't matter. You have fourth or fifth level spells. You know, memorized still. You can only cast. You know, within yeah. that level. But yeah, that, that was definitely it. Final Fantasy took a lot from Dungeons and Dragons in that respect. Yeah. Which spell level idea, and if if you look at the bestiary, how many monsters did they rip from? The oh my gosh! Uh, and major characters, you count things like Bahamut and the fiends. Well, Bahamut's technically a mythological character from Islam. Yeah, but he's not supposed to be a dragon. He's supposed to be a fish. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, Bahamut and even yeah. Tiamat is supposed to be not quite a dragon, but. What Close she look like? I can't remember. I guess it's yeah, like ugly or something. T- Tiamat's like a multiple-headed uh, dragon. I mean, and uh, I was a for, for, it was a surprise to me the first time I f- someone told me Tiamat's a female dragon because nothing looked female about because none of the female dragons look very femaleish. But oh, well, well, you know, sure we're not I'm dragons. Sure. We don't know what's attractive to, to male dragons. I'm sure to the draconic world, Tiamat is an absolute hottie. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, so okay. So, long story short, spell casting system not super fun. Um, and and, uh, and that's oh, come I was, now. You can use that level eight spell a whole two times. Two times that you're out. Yeah, yeah. It's real cute. Um, that's why I kind of change it. And, and as we're gonna say, I, I play Pathfinder this day, and I basically got a little house rule that says um, you can use higher level spells to cast lower level spells if you, you know, blah blah blah. Because yeah, it's a very limited system. Then on top of that, the each. So there was white magic, black magic. I don't think there was any blue magic in Final Fantasy One. No, no, that came in much later. Like yeah, Final Fantasy Five. So you had white and black. So I would always I would go with a mage and a white, a black mage and a white mage because I want full access to spells. Um, but in each but spell level, but you can level, do red mage, and uh, then you'll get some of both, but not the best of either. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's how you. That's basically the game on a harder difficulty setting. Playing red mage. Um, no, no, the game on a higher difficulty setting is either going without a white mage or going without a fighter. Any, I'd say, or going with uh, going without anything but white mages. Yeah, yeah, that's playing it on elite mode, masochistic Actually, is, mode. Isn't there somebody who tried to beat chaos with, with four white mages and three of them were dead? Yeah, just so oh. essentially one white mage. 
Okay, I'm going to finish my... And of course, my... going to the very end of a Tom of 8-Bit Theater. <laughs> okay, uh, okay I am going to finish my thoughts on the spellcasting system before I get interrupted again. Okay, okay. <sighs> then you guys can interrupt each other. Okay, so... Anywho, you, there was the, each each of the each of the white magic and the black magic each had four spells in each each level tier, but your character could actually only buy and learn three of each one. So there was always one spell of each spell level that you were never going to be able to learn because there's no way to change them out once you've done bought it. It's stuck in your spell book forever. It takes up one of those three slots. So you either had to do some very good trial and error with the save file. Or uh, if you had a strategy guide or something, that might help. But yeah, it was kind of hard knowing that certain spells just weren't really that awesome. And at your higher levels, that kind of would suck. Um, yep. If you blew a spell slot on something not so great. So, of course, of course, notable thing, this is one of the few Final Fantasies that actually had a an attack spell for white magic, besides holy. Right? They, they had something like harm, wasn't it? Oh, right. It hit undead. Yeah, so so white mages actually had an offensive capability very limited. But that's just that's just, I mean that's pretty much replaced in if it isn't yeah because it's not a newer Final Fantasy but it's basically replaced by the fact that in newer Final Fantasy your heal spells hurt the undead anyways. Yeah, but you couldn't target outside your party with heal spells. Right in yeah. Final Fantasy one, they made it a separate spell. Mm-hmm. You're right because you couldn't target enemies. So now that's a very great um, observation. You're right, it did have harm, happy harm. Mm-hmm. Which really wasn't probably the best use of a spell slot, but I can't remember what I what spells I ran with. I'd have to look at a list, huh? But anywho, yeah, not not the best system in, this, in the world. Oh, and it was really great in dungeons, especially when you're like running out of healing, and the healing spells are I forget what levels they were, but healing spells were only in certain slots. So you know you'd like use up those slots first, and and then you had no more healing spells, even though you had you know. You still had five fifth level spells you could cast, but none of them were heal. Sucks to be you. This is why most of the online strategy guides say as soon as you get to this particular town, I think it was the Elfland, buy 100 potions and never let the number of potions get below 50 without buying more. Yeah, that was your key. You always bought a crap ton of potions. They were only 50 each and 50 gold pieces each. But didn't you have to buy them individually on the NES? Yes. Ooh. Gosh, right, I, I remember that. Now. But but another another point in Final Fantasy's favor, it was one of the first RPGs to have like near infinite capacity bags of holding from the very beginning. Because most of the other RPGs I remember from the NES, they all had very limited inventory. I remember Max. Mother's, yeah. Mother, Metal Max, Fantasy Star, Dragon Quest. I mean, even some of the Game Boy Advance RPGs had awful inventory. <laughs> Yeah, because they they somehow think that creating you know these limited inventory rules somehow make it feel more strategic because they're not getting into the battle system, so they'll make it feel more like a survival uh, a and survival some, exercise. Sometimes this works, and most often it does not. No, no, it doesn't. Listen, listen to it just us, aggravates. people. Yes, it just aggravates us, people. Yeah, those of you who are doing like retro new games like Divinity Original Sin and stuff like that, stop doing limited bags of whatever, holding whatever you want to call them, backpacks, whatever. We hate it. We don't like sitting there sorting around the inventory in our bags. It's probably the one thing that, that irritates me about Divinity Original Sin. Or, or if you do it, at, if you decide to go this way at all, limit the number of total number of items available in the game. Some, yeah, something. Total variety or something. Just like, okay, you got a standard healing potion. There we go. 
Nothing. Heaven forbid you're like a hoarder and you're in a game like Oblivion where you can pick up everything. And yeah. But yeah, so thankfully, not. we don't really have that. Pr- I mean, is there a limit on the inventory? I'm sure there is, but it's like something high enough that you're never really going to hit it in this game. I remember that's how it was in Final Fantasy IV, too. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, it, I, I don't recall. I'm just taking Elle's word about the inventory thing. I, I don't remember it being a frustration factor or anything like that. In fact, to be honest, I didn't remember that you only had to buy potions like one at a time. Maybe they buy so fast it didn't bother me a whole lot because I do remember buying 99 potions at every town I went to because I hated yep. running out of the dungeons. And I would tear through them because, uh, yep. yeah, it's 50 mad hit points each. It's It's pretty easy to tear through those things. Yeah, there were a few other things that were really, like, really, really sign of the times. Like, you could only save at the inn. You had to use the inn and then save. Uh, and, yes. and, That's and, something and, that the GBA helped out immensely with, yes. I remember. And, and the, the nice lady at the inn would even tell you to hold down the reset button whenever yes. you Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She's very helpful at that. Hey, at least it was still easier to save in that game than it was in the original Legend of Zelda. How did we save in the original Legend of Zelda? You died. Right, right. <laughs> that was about the only way to actually access the save menu was to kill yourself. Right, that's a brilliant way. Death. I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, just run into the monsters yep. and... Huh. Yep. Oh, let's see. Yes, so let's see. The four fiends of the elements. We had Lich... We had Malirith, we had Tiamat, and what was the water one? Uh, Kraken. Kraken. Oh, Kraken. how did I forget that? Those, I mean, those guys show up in all sorts of games in the SquareSoft games, anyway. I mean, see, the, which other ones did they appear in? They, I know they appeared in Final Fantasy IX. They appeared in the Final Fantasy Adventure. Actually, that's how I first met them. Is in the Game Boy game, Final Fantasy Adventure, and then I realized that they were bosses from Final Fantasy much later on. Uh, they're. They're not really the same, but they're similar in Final Fantasy IV. Um, no, they're... they're uh, well, you, I know a, a couple of the elements are swapped, but you still get four fiends of the elements. Yeah, but they don't really look anything like the... No. No. It, okay, there's a different group with a similar theme in Final Fantasy IV. But, I mean, the ones in Final Fantasy IX, they pretty much are the same, right? Yeah. I mean, you even had Garland in that one. And, again, Final... Final Fantasy Adventure, they were the same monsters. They just didn't have any story behind them. They were just kind of there in different dungeons guarding stuff. And we're not counting their appearances That's the first in bonus Mana game, right? right? Uh, yeah, the first Seiken yeah, Densetsu game. Because yeah, they played the, uh, the sword, sword of Mana, and uh, i assuming that was taken out. <laughs> yeah, that was actually... No, I think... I'm pretty sure Lich was still in Sword of Mana. It's been a long time since I played that game, so maybe... Yeah, I thought they kept most of the same bosses. They just really changed how the bosses worked. Mm-hmm. But okay, that's a, that's a different backdrop. Yeah, very different. Yeah, very different backdrop. <laughs> yeah, different series. Um, and um, are we counting their appearances in all the games over the years where bonus dungeons have been slapped on and Square felt like you needed nah, to have some bonus bosses? I'd say let's just count them where they were actually a, a part of the original integral game. I guess. Well, uh, let's just in Crystal Chronicles. <laughs> That's one. Hey, he's in Final Fantasy Tactics too, but he's summoned in that one. Um, yeah, and well, how about the sci-fi elements in Final Fantasy? What can we say about that? Are talking brooms sci-fi at all? 
No, but we had the airship and we had the floating fortress where Tiamat was residing, and which had robots in it. And oh yeah, War Machine. Ah oh, yes. They, Did they you brought, find War Machine, Phil? That hmm. thing was nasty. Hmm. He, he, yeah. he was. He wasn't quite as nasty in in Final Fantasy Legend Two when he was a major boss, but he was pretty nasty in Final Fantasy. Yeah, that was oh yeah. But just the fact that he was there, that they actually had much more sci-fi style robots in a fantasy game. Yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. There was definitely some futuristic uh, themes, which. Um... You know, you saw quite a bit in some of the series outside of uh, Dungeon Dragons, Wizardry, for example, and um, Ultima. There, there was Ultima. there was also one D and D module where you were going through this dungeon that turned out to be a buried generation spaceship. That was for was it Gray? Oh, well, oh, I can't remember. It was one for one of the old, really old series. Mm-hmm. Guy Gary Gygax did it. Okay, okay. Way off topic again. Way off topic. Uh, the the class promotion is not really sci-fi, but it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> you have to go find the rat tail. Yeah, that, that that's an item everyone would recognize. Rat tails; those are those are valued throughout civilization, past and future. Of course, because it's the only one in the game. <laughs> Yeah, you, you don't fight any other rats, so I guess this is the the only rat tail left in the world. Because past adventurers have exterminated the entire dire were-rat species. <laughs> well, we know environmentalists would not be approved. Well, environmentalists probably would have approved because the endangered species are currently trying to bite their butts off. Depends on how hardcore the environmentalists are. Also, how easily they die. <laughs> okay, that mental note, we need to make Greenpeace or a Greenpeace cognate the villains for the next Final Fantasy. They're trying to save save the environment by reintroducing all the monster species, regardless of how dangerous it is to their own health. Yeah, practice what they preach. Yep, yep. Um, let's see. There was chaos. We already know what the what the fascinating circumstances are behind Chaos's creation. As brain-bending as they may be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, completely lost me, the story. Just... <laughs> bad guy must kill. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Bad I mean, guy, final bad guy long, is first bad guy. <laughs> how long yeah. does it take to actually finish this game? Because I remember reading somewhere somebody could finish it in like eight hours or less. I do not remember what my game clock said right now, uh, but I don't know if we can count the GBA version because that is definitely easier. Yeah, I mean, I spent around fifty-ish hours, but I also did all the bo- like the bonus dungeon stuff. So, I know one of the th- one of the stories I remember reading was this guy who you who um, like messed around with his old NES and made it and gave it a like a cigarette lighter compatibility so he's able to play it in his car on a long road trip and he finished Final Fantasy on the road trip. <laughs> I'm obviously, obviously, how long did you spend with it, Phil? <laughs> More than eight hours. 
Uh, definitely took me more than eight hours. I, I don't recall. Cause I'm, it, I'm guessing the guy on the road trip was not playing it for the first time. Oh, no. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it definitely took me took me longer than that. And I'm still not even sure how I beat the game. Did I have a Nintendo Power or something? Because wasn't there a few things that you had to figure out in that game that was... The tail? You know... <laughs> That might have just been a little hard. Were there any uh, uh, puzzly or... Not particularly. It was Like, remember to bring this item to this person or anything silly like that? Um, if there were any problems of that nature, it was mainly because the game didn't really tell you what to do. Whereas if you go back at it with hindsight of 20 years of series, you think, oh, man, that's just so obvious. Yeah. Yeah, huh. yeah. I don't remember. Get, you know, I remember getting through it, and I and I don't remember it being particularly frustrating or anything like that. But at the same time, I don't uh, honestly. Maybe because I'm, uh, you know, maybe because I was a little uh, uh, feeling constrained by the the JRP. My you know being my first JRPG experience and and that whole the way that's set up versus the Gold Box games. I, I just wasn't wowed by it. It wasn't. For me, anyways, I know for some a lot of people, it's like their first RPG, mind blowing, and all that other fun stuff. For 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 me, it was I got through it, I liked it enough to beat it, but I didn't like it enough to immediately want to jump in and play it again. And uh, I remember Dragon Quest Four, as I've talked about before on the show, uh, was more of a standout game for me. It's I it's my favorite NES um, title, so RPG. So I, I don't know what what did y'all think did it did it blow you away? Um, I honestly my first Final Fantasy was Final Fantasy four, so I just went back to the first three to see what they were like originally. So. How about you, Cassandra? Mind blown? Not especially. I played the GBA version, so I you know I couldn't get experience it in its original glory, and it was more of a sort of a, a curious, a historical curiosity. Like, oh, so that's the first Final Fantasy. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling about Dragon Quest VI. Uh, Mike, what about you? Blo- mind blown? No, I also played it on GBA. I I remember perhaps going through all of the bonus dungeons in a quick rush was not the smartest thing because they come across as very repetitive if you do it that way. I remember getting into a lot of pretty worthless fights in a row, but it was just as fast to hit attack a couple times and squish them in two seconds than it was to run away. So I... I remember crushing chaos without much trouble by the end. Mm-hmm. I remember fighting, among other things, Ultros and uh, numerous other things that I'd seen in other Final Fantasies in those bonus dungeons and wondering, why are they here? Mm-hmm. I remember playing it... This was the original model GBA, I believe. I was playing it in a, in a long line at night. And all I needed to do, really, was just barely be able to see and hit A. Because, the, as you rem- as we remember, the original GBA had no backlight, so oh yeah, any any complicated maneuverings would have been beyond me. But this rendition of the game, I did not. Let's need. A to win. <laughs> yep, yep, and I did. Uh, what was in my party? I think I had a black belt, a white mage, Natch, a black mage, and yeah, you know, it might have been a red mage. I can't remember right now. Mm. But, you know, with that rendition, you don't need to be particularly careful about your character selection. 
It they, did look they cute, nerfed though. that much? Yeah. Well, wow. the, the MP system has been changed to the standard MP system, so you no longer have to rely on all two castings of your level 8 and all one casting of your level 9 to get you through. The inventory system has been simplified. Um, and yeah, the difficulty has been nerfed. And I gather that's the default, the difficulty setting that has been kept for every other version of it since. But if you want to play the pristine original difficulty style, don't do it. Uh, get it, get it on the PS One, I guess. Origins is supposed to be a pretty good representation without being as archaic menu wise as the original version. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I played it. Some of the music was very nice, I gotta say, and. I can't remember much else right now. Sorry. Because his mind was blown. <laughs> I do remember Garland still says, I, Garland, will knock you all down. Classic. Yeah, that's... And whenever you see the phrase, I, your name, that's your immediately next thought will be, will knock you all down regardless of what they actually say. Well, hey, th- as threats go, that's among the worst you could utter. <gasps> You're going to knock me down? Oh, no. Maybe I'll just get up. What are you going to do then? Yeah, he, he doesn't say he's going to knock you down repeatedly, just that he's going to knock you down once. <laughs> yeah, this is what you get when you translate the Japanese a little too accurately, because the Japanese verb for to knock you down means to literally knock you down with a large sword, and you do not come up again because you're in two pieces. <laughs> or yeah, at least that, that's... Context, that context is lost in English. <laughs> yes. Very. What did you think, Phil? Well, pre- pretty much uh, shared that. Mine not really blown. Um, you know, it definitely, I could see somebody wanting to play it to, 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 to see that in history because, I mean, as far as I can recall, it was the first American-released um, JRPG. I Fantasy think Star Fantasy Star actually, yeah, beat it before. Yeah, Fantasy Star, I think, got their first maybe. Mm-hmm. Fantasy Star? Well, but yeah, but the that Mega... was on the Master System. Yeah, but since, yeah exactly. Oh, <laughs> Not a lot of people exactly. And uh, so. Dragon Quest got delayed, and so it actually came later than it should have. Mm-hmm. Wow. So as far as 8-bit RPGs go, I think I prefer Fantasy or Fantasy Star or Mother. I can never decide. Hmm. I'd pick Fantasy Star, but that might, that might be the old Sega fanboy in me coming out one more time. Sega fanboy. Hmm. All right. Well, since our minds have been blown and we don't have anything else to say, uh, there's so many. Fantasy two and get our minds really blown. Really blown. Yeah. (laughs) There's like eighteen. You know, all of these games. Really, there's like nineteen and a half different ways to play it, and and most of them are pretty darn cheap. So uh, I won't be. uh, (laughs) I won't be doing price checks on these guys. You just have to go. Oh, oh, we we should address. Would this be fun to play with touch controls? No. <laughs> no. No, there's... No, no. That's, that's, the, that's the default answer here. No. Unless it's unless you make the thing with touch controls in mind, and even then, it's probably no. <laughs> yeah, I will Let's tell... Let's take a wild guess. Did Square Enix port it to the iPhone, the iOS, the Android, with touch controls in mind? Hmm. No. <laughs> but did they give them ch- touch controls anyway? Yes. Yeah. Well, of yep. course. 
it's the hip thing to do. You can't just redesign a game from scratch if you're putting it on a new platform that doesn't have the same control scheme. That would course, require smart. Of course, as we all know, the classic song says, it's hip to be square. It is. Yes. Especially, when, square you gotta, to be hip. especially when, you gotta, when you have a chorus of football players backing you up. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I have, uh, I've seen people play this and other Squeenix classic RPGs since they've been re, you know, releasing a lot of them uh, on mobile devices and the such, and um, I personally, I've tried it, and I—that's uh, why I'm so happy. I have uh, DS with Game Boy Advance capabilities and my PSP uh, because I like playing these retro games on the go. I do. I will tell you, million dollars to one, if you're going to play this, try to get a portable version because it's—it's it, uh, just so much easier being able to play this in between stuff. Or it lends itself you, to yeah, portable yeah. format mm-hmm. very well. Yeah, very well. Yeah. Very well. So, uh, but with that being said, oh, if, Phil, did did you play it on PSP? Uh, I I, I kind of played it for like an hour or two. I didn't actually go through any the whole thing. any impressions from that time. Pretty, okay. It's prettier. Um, so I'm sh- I, I'm sure, like you said, the gameplay. I remember reading that in a review. It was one of the reasons I bought it. Um, was that they had revamped the magic system. Um, but uh, it's also uh, done with higher resolution graphics. So yeah, it's in fact I'm looking at the screenshots right now that they're, they're pretty. Um, so definitely recommend the PSP version if you got a PSP. Um, it's going to be a little better balance. It's going to have the optional content and it's pretty. In case I haven't mentioned that before. Um, <laughs> pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the NES version is <laughs> obviously eight <laughs> bit graphics. You know, two forty resolution. It's just yeah. But anywho, uh, but I think that's about it. Hey, I wonder how much. Well, you, I think that's available through the PSN store, but that's getting harder, and that might be a little harder to access uh, nowadays. I'm trying. I think it's still up in America, but I know in certain parts of the um, world, the PSP PSN store has been taken down. You can, of course, still download any games you've already bought, but you won't be able to buy um, new ones. So you might have to go out and buy the uh, the disc version of that. So that's my preference anyway. If we, if I had PSP, uh, I I agree with you. I prefer to get everything on disc. Though I do like so they had like Final Fantasy seven, eight, nine. Uh, a lot of good classic RPGs were only PSN only. And um, as much as I like the physical copy. Um, and I probably have physical copies of those guys somewhere. Um, I, I do the the having those classic Final Fantasy games in a portable format is 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 worth not necessarily having the physical copy in my hand for me because I yeah. love portable. Of course, yeah. you could be a hoarder and have both. Nothing stopping you from getting both. Uh, so think about your bank account and possibly your spouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spouse might say something about that. Uh, Final Fantasy so just in case you're in another country and the only way you can play Final Fantasy on the PSP is by buying the disc uh, that's about 10 bucks oh no that, that, that's highway robbery Phil how will people eat without that 10 bucks gosh and it's in a wrapper oh oh wow that, that's just bankruptcy right there fresh okay. and sealed alright well we're going to take a, a little break and we'll be right back
Hey, uh, hey, Mike. Yes? C- can you come over here for just a second? Sure, Phil. What you doing over there? Oh, what the hell is that big staff doing? Get that away from me! Hey, hey, thanks, Phil. Thanks for clonking yeah. me upside the head all those times. Man, I feel better. I feel stronger. Can you hit me with something else? Like, yeah, like, like I got a there? yeah, I got a rock. I got a knife. Do you want the knife? Stab me, Phil. Stab my guts out. Okay, I'm gonna need you to hold your hands really still because sometimes those get in the way of your stomach. All right. Here, I'm, I'm, I'm tying my hands behind this tree. Go ahead. Okay, now remember, this is going to hurt you more than it hurts me, but it's for your own good. I believe you. Uh, I'm just going to stick it right there. Wait for it. My my guts, they're coming out, but... Wait for it. Wow. Wait. Wow. My my guts, they're going back in, and... Oh! Wow. I feel like you could stick that knife in me, and... Only half my guts would come out this time. Wow, that's amazing, Phil. Isn't hey, it? Hey, hey, can you can you can you cast can you can you cast fire on me? I want to be on fire, Phil. Forget about fire, bro. Guess what I just learned yesterday? Nuke. Ultima. Oh, okay, sure. N- nuke me. Nuke me. Nuko. Whoa. Uh, uh. Mike, are you, are you there? Just uh, you don't quite look right, buddy. Uh, uh, oh, oh, uh, yeah, I had to wait for my tongue to grow back. That that was really, really painful. I don't recommend it. But wow, yeah, man, my skin. I feel so good now. I feel like I could walk into Chernobyl and it wouldn't bother me at all. Man, nuke me again, Phil. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> And thus concludes our Final Fantasy II theater for today, boys and girls. Yes, Final Fantasy II, developed by the Theater of Pain. I mean Square, published by Square. This was uh, this was re- released some. Oh, got the wrong link here. Here we go. Found the right link. This <laughs> this was released. Oh boy, it didn't come out here until the PlayStation version. It looks like uh, originally released in Japan on December seventeenth, uh, two nineteen eighty eight. We didn't get the uh, North American release until the PlayStation version on April 8th, 2003. And then on the Game Boy Advance, November 29th, 2004. The PlayStation Portable on July 24th, 2007. Apple devices, February 25th, 2010. And on Android, December 21st, 2012. A single-player RPG of pain experience. Well, I, I remember... Actually, I remember talking to someone at TGS two years ago who had just interviewed Kawazu, and one of his questions was, "When you were when you were designing Final Fantasy II, or when that was released, were you surprised that players actually started hitting each other or hitting themselves in order to level up?" And apparently, Kawazu actually was kind of surprised at this development because <laughs> he hadn't he hadn't even considered that option. Um, when they put in the raise levels through adversity idea. And if you notice, all of the Romancing Saga games that use a similar uh, mechanic, all the Saga games that use a similar mechanic, you cannot target yourself with attacks in any of these games. Which is a crying shame. Yeah. Because it works so well in two. And more cheap tactics. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's right. Yeah, it also works in tactics. That, that's absolutely true. <laughs> yeah, I beat up myself on a regular basis. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Let's just keep that in the bedroom, Phil. Okay, let's keep it out of the pocket. <laughs> no, no, I beat up myself. I didn't say I beat up my wife to make her stronger, which I may or may not have done, but would never publicly admit, even if I did do, which I didn't do, but if I did do, I just would not. Oh, anyway. I wasn't talking about your wife either, but okay. Oh. <laughs> it's for your own good, honey. You need to level up. Uh, no, that, that's... I mean, but Final Fantasy 2 didn't have levels either. No, no. So, I mean, that's, uh, well, first, first, well, I have. Here, here, Phil, let's, let's go to abstract admiration before we get to the nitty gritty. For 1988, having a game without levels at all is pretty, pretty oh, damn yeah. original. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, it was. I can't even think of a pen and paper system that I, you know, not that I knew every single one of them, but I, I don't know of any RPG system. Um, before that, can any of y'all think of any that was based on use or beating the crap out of yourself? <laughs> what was that? The thing I can think of is actually Quest for Glory, which that's had a true. Similar, yep, which had a similar you use it, you level up in it system, but nothing on pen and paper would possibly work like that, and you don't see it at all in any other video game system. Outside of Saga, which is directly based on Final Fantasy II, Quest uh, Quest for Glory came out in '89. So uh, I, that, maybe I think the develop- maybe the developers imported this game. Imported, and got <laughs> yeah. Very <laughs> doubtful. Very doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. But yeah, yeah, you're right. You did that in Quest for Glory too. Um, Except in Quest for Glory, you did it in pretty much any situation, like. Tightrope walking, increase agility. Mm-hmm. So, okay, back to Final Fantasy Two. So back to Final Fantasy Two. Well, I'll tell you. So, so as impressive as that is, when I first played this game, uh, I have not gotten through it, but I have put a few hours into it. And in, when I got the PSP version, uh, one of the things that jumped out at me was no, actually, I played the emulated version for. Anyways. The the, yeah. the one of the things that jumped out at me is it actually has this kind of like skit thing going on because it opens up and you're f- I don't remember the storyline but you're fighting a bunch of tough guys oh, that kick no, your ass no. at the beginning. You're You'll never believe this. You are f- you are fighting against an evil empire. Get out. Yep. Get the beep out. Final Fantasy II was the first game in the series to have anything resembling a strong central storyline, and it also set most of the tropes for the entire series. And default ca- characters' default names. Okay, yes. get, get the ampersand like out. <laughs> and Sid. So, oh, jeez. Sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a Sid. Yeah. He was um, a Dragon Knight, wasn't he? I no, so. I think he made an airship. Yeah, he was an airship. And then he yeah. died. Here, I believe. Yeah. Okay, you had... Um, an airship. He's always connected to an airship somehow. Now, have any of y'all played completely through this title? I, I did. I played it all the way to the end at one point. I'm not sure how many times I played it before I got to the end. <laughs> when so we're we're for for lack of a better word at the moment we're scripted events like what I saw at the opening is that are they prevalent throughout the game or is that just the uh, opening deal? Yeah, there were other stories scenes. I mean, they, they weren't nearly as thorough or thoroughly scripted as there were in the in later games in the series, but it was definitely there were story points. Mm-hmm. I mean, because yeah, I mean, by, that by was... the standards of 1988 
NES that, RPGs. Yeah. Pretty prevalent. Well, that's Actually. what I'm trying to drive at. I mean, when you play, I'm playing the later Dragon Quest right now, uh, Dragon Quest Six, uh, and of course I played Final Fantasy Four, Final Fantasy Five, Final Fantasy Six. It, it's not unusual to have something happen in the middle of the battle, and it's scripted, and you or you're scripted to lose, and and, and sometimes when you're in a really tough fight, you're wondering if it is one of those scripted to lose battles. Um, you know, you know, or have somebody talk in the middle of battle, Garlet, you know, whatever his name is, laughing at you and runs off. That those are all stuff we kind of take for granted nowadays. But back then, we certainly didn't really see that in Final Fantasy One. Um, so, so did you have other scripted events that happened, like in combat? I guess is what I'm driving at. Um, combat, not not so much in combat, but just after combat, quite mm-hmm. a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was that one. Um, you had to take that one NPC who was. Um, like a like a wrestler type, a martial arts type, and you had to um, go with him to the cave up in the north, and they ended up turning that part of the scenario into a fable in Final Fantasy IX that was being told to the princess as an object lesson in giving one for the team if necessary. Uh, do you remember that? Oh, right. He was one of the char- he was one of the characters who died along the yeah yeah he died on the way. Um, a lot of characters yeah, die along yeah, the they way. Die. This game. Yeah, the GBA version even has like a sort a side story of all the characters who died going through the the underworld and doing which, their own yeah, thing. Which you should only attempt if you actually tried to level them for a while. Otherwise, they're yeah they're pretty pretty. But yeah, I mean, it took me a while to beat that because of it. yeah. But this game had three three main characters and a rotating fourth character, so you kind mm-hmm. of went through them pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Whoa. But, but yeah, for the standards of wait, wait, the cast member. Right? I'm I'm sorry, I kind of got cut off for a second there. Uh, in, in my in my headset, did you say the cast members, like the the main party members, do they rotate out? Um, there are three yeah. permanents. The fourth switches out as the plot dictates. Ah, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Which and, is... and eventually, you get reunited with the with the fourth character from the first fight, who got separated from you and was presumed dead for most of the game. Although I seem to remember somebody remarking that Dark Knight's voice—it's so familiar. Yes. Mm. So yes, yeah, so we also get the series' first real heel face turn um, somewhere in there. But yeah, for the standards of the late '80s, this was a pretty well-done story for an 8-bit RPG. So, well, having, speaking I, of... I played a few too many night, late 80s RPGs for the Nintendo. It, speaking of perfect. stories, is this the one that I remember that has the keyword thing going on? Yes. Yes, yes, yes this is it. So explain the keyword thing a little more for those who don't know what it means. Um, you can grab a keyword from a conversation. It's usually bolded in some way, so it's really obvious. And they're often used as passwords. Um, so, I mean, literal, like a literal password where you have to give this word in order to get through the door, or mm-hmm. a more met- metaphorical password where you just have to say it to a person in order to get the information that you need to keep going in the game. And it's usually pretty obvious where what you're supposed to do with it but for a given level of obvious. So. But yeah, that's pretty much how, it, how it's used. And again, it's not something that's really been used in any other game in the series. No, no, I, de- I, I, yeah, I can't remember too many games that use a keyword system. I mean, certainly when you go back to like Quest for Glory and stuff, you, you know, it helps if you know certain words or you kind of think of them like keywords and the such. But that doesn't really have a 
a real keyword system where they just kind of pop up and stuff. Does um, did you find that that was a good system? Was that a fun system? Well, it, it worked. I I really didn't have anything wrong. See anything wrong with it? Did it immerse you into the RPG experience? It's really hard to immerse yourself into 8-bit graphics, but sure, <laughs> why not? All right. That's what I'm talking about. Hardcore, Baker. Hitting yourself over the head repeatedly with your own sword. Dude. Okay, we're not there yet. Please don't jump ahead. Okay, just, Phil, Phil. Here's uh, something else that you don't see much in the series later. Sure. You've got a, char- you've got a main character uh-huh. who knows a lot of healing spells. Okay. And is a man. <gasps> Get out. Oh, holy, oh, holy, holy, holy Ampersand. You're, are you serious? You can build him that way because you can give any character any kind of magic you want. But, but is I, mean, that th- I mean, Minwoo, the guy who appears to be wearing a turban the entire time you've got him. But I mean, that's like the yeah. default. Oh, like Minwoo, he comes, yeah, yeah. Minwoo, he was kind of like a white magic knight. Wow. Yeah, he, he's the first fourth character you get, and what do you know? At that point, he might actually be stronger than you. Don't get used oh, to that. Yeah, he's, he's pretty <laughs> kick-ass for that point in the game. He knows a ton of good white magic. That's good stuff to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's got it leveled up high enough to be useful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah uh, again, don't get used to that. Yeah. In, in fact, um, shall we go on? Should we? Shall we complain about the magic system now? Uh, Why not? Let's see. Wait, 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 wait. Yes, no. What? Have we finished talking about the story and plot, boys and girls? Uh, the emperor sold his soul to the devil. Uh huh. And in a big switch for most of the series, the Emperor actually is the final boss. There's no guy behind him actually pulling the strings or stabbing him in the back or anything. Hmm. The Emperor actually is that evil. And yeah. since you're so he playing... turns into like a demon thing, so... Yeah. Yeah, he's got a second you know... form that's fully demonic. Yeah. His, his demon... His demon patron or whatever, the guy who he sold his soul to is actually the penultimate boss. He's not... Yeah. So, I mean, by serious standards, it's actually kind of odd, because normally when you see Evil Emperor, your first thought is, oh, there must be somebody behind him. Actually yeah, we'll, doing- get, we'll get to that with the next game we talk about. Did, uh, every other Square Enix game that has an Evil Emperor, there is something behind him. Well, yeah. Poor Emperors. Uh, so, um... What about the the characters? Since the characters are kind of already pre-named and everything and chosen, I guess. Artboard cutouts. Yeah, Therian's the main character. Maria's the female. Guy speaks Beaver. I don't know any. I can't. Nothing else really stands out about them. Basically. Yeah. Aside from he speaks Beaver, I can't remember much else about him. Oh, he was really strong. Yeah, he kind of talks like a caveman or the Hulk. He talks like a caveman or the Hulk, but he must be a cunning linguist because he can speak to beavers. <laughs> wow. Well, hey, have you ever tried talking to a beaver? It might be really challenging. Mm. I remember being a pirate lady. What you just said? What was her name again? See, I'm not sure. I'm glad I asked now. Layla? Layla. Is that Layla? Okay, there we go. It's yeah, she was. Like that, yeah, she. I remembered her because she spoke like a pirate. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- this is all for the actual translated version. I didn't play it translated at all. But yeah, and some of these names are long enough that they had to be changed to fit into the text boxes in English. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, the Japanese, the main character in Japanese was Frioniel. Then there was, I think Mari was actually, I think the girl's name and Guy, they didn't actually change those names at all. Hmm. Mean Wu, they had to come up with an interesting workaround for the spelling, I think. Uh, mm. Let's see, then there's Joseph or Joseph? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh yeah, Princess Joseph Hilda? Was, yeah, she was in there. She was a princess. Yeah, Joseph was, that was the really strong guy who got killed by a falling rock in the far north. Yeah. Oh, and there's Rickard, the, uh, the, uh, Rickard Highwind, the first dragoon mm-hmm. in the series. And apparently his, the Japanese name of the guy who's gone for most of the game is Lionheart. Yes. That doesn't fit into the six character text boxes so I think he named it Ryon Ha that's you know that's a seven character name in Japanese so I have no idea how they fit that one in there either but... I don't know okay uh, are we missing anybody oh yes the first bard in the series <laughs> was he spoony we haven't become Spoony yet. This guy was just... But he was about as useless as Edward, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the, for whatever reason, this game also had a town called Mycidia. Okay. Yep. And e- even better, because of the way the map was laid out, if you, were, if you used save states and ran away quite a lot, if possible, because this game didn't let you do that very often, um, it was possible to break... Um, break sequence and go to Mycidia early and get some really good equipment. Way ahead of what your level was supposed to be. Well, again, if if you just feel like, well, you can make yourself really, really strong at the beginning. By hitting yourself on the head. (laughs) There's nothing preventing you from doing it. Don't knock it until you've tried it. Yep. I, I tried actually tried it. to avoid it as much as possible. <laughs> the the other benefit of doing that, besides raising your hit points, is the fact that all of your weapons, you gain skill levels in these weapons the more you use them. Right. Whatever you're equipped with, because you can equip anything you want. And the the higher the skill level, the more the greater number of hits that you actually get in, because they give in like hit multipliers, like times two, times three, times four. I remember that, yeah. So yeah. If you so, hit yourself or so you whatever. Gotta be careful you when you re-equip anything. But you're you're actually you gotta be very careful about taking any new equipment and putting it on, because you might just inadvertently have wasted three hundred fights where you increased your sword level. Could you go back to using a sword? Oh you could, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. All you have to do is Thanks. test it and say, Wow, I suck now. I'm gonna <laughs> go back to my old weapon. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, the, the the levels were not specific to the equipment; they were specific to the type of equipment. But you just had to be careful about switching out. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, 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 I kept every character to a different weapon type because of that. I can't remember what everybody had, but yeah. Oh, and, and Joseph, as I recall, he was better. He was stronger unequipped for yeah, some he, reason. Um, he had a. I think he, his specialization was actually in unarmed combat. Mm. That's why I keep calling him a wrestler type. He was, I mean, he was. He was a martial arts guy. Right. So were, were different characters better than at or faster about learning certain not weapons? Really, they no. they would start with certain skill sets, but if you care to invest the time, you can make everybody strong across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd take a lot of time, but you could do it. 
Okay, and did 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 uh, okay, okay, fair enough. And um, this also worked for things like shields. Um, the shields were harder to level up because you actually had to block stuff with your shield, but you could raise your base evasion rate a lot. Like if you just put two shields on one guy and just had him defend all the time, it uh-huh. raised uh-huh. evasion rate quite a lot. Because individual stats would also level up depending on what you used, but at least in the original version of the game, this was really annoying. If you raised a a very strongly physical stat like strength too high, then you risked lowering one of your inte- like your intelligence stat. Oh, wow. well, run that yeah. by me again. How, how did you lower intelligence stat? Um, if you raised if you raised your strength stat too much too fast, you risked lowering one of the more intellectual stats. Oh, jeez. They changed that for every remake afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, I should hope so. Now, in the original version, didn't it allow you to, with magic spells, target an enemy and then cancel and then do yes, that repeatedly? That was, the what, that was the best way of leveling up magic, but magic had its own set of issues. I remember many but, of them, yes. Yeah, you started level one I, with every spell. Yeah. Oh, which is why not, I rarely use magic when playing oh, not, not just that. Did you ever hear the problems with the status spells? Never tried them. So, was really big on a lot of the Dra- Dungeons and Dragons stuff, and so he there were built-in limitations to a lot of these spells. So a lot of the status-changing spells, uh, actually a lot of spells across the board, in order for them to be effective, you had to be dressed like a wizard. So cer- <laughs> okay. certain equipment, certain armor types would actually decrease the ability to use specific spells. But none of this was actually mentioned in the manual or the game that you had to that you could not wear heavy armor and expect to turn people into frogs. I, I this, think, this sounds like something you would love, Phil. I, I'm so, just yeah. A lot, of, I, a lot of the status changing spells were completely useless with most if you were wearing most of the higher level types of armor. Uh, really? Yes, because I love it when they when they do arbitrary, uh, well, nearly arbitrary game mechanics, like, and they don't explain them in the manual. That's my favorite thing in the world. Oh, and best of all, the the spell Ultima was supposed to be obviously the ultimate damage spell. They that one was buggy, really buggy, to the point where it was actually based off the strength stat. First of all. <laughs> Second of all, in the original version of the game, it didn't work. The spell itself did not work. Wow. Yeah. That's a pretty damn big bug. Yes. So if you're playing the original version of this game, which I don't recommend anyway, do not (laughs) use Ultima. Ever. Because it's like, it's a complete waste of leveling. Yeah. (laughs) Can't be useful than that. Yeah. Um, But... But one of the interesting thing is a lot of the, some of the shielding spells would actually gain more effects as you level them up. Like they'd become mo- more useful against more different element types. Hmm. Yeah. So um, a lot of these spells were really could really be useful if you could manage to level them up high enough <clears throat> and remembered not to equip items that would specifically negate your ability to use them. Well, this this is just sounding more fun by the minute. I just uh, and remember to level the spells up. Undocumented, yeah. Um, play it with a guide if you ever do play it. Yeah, you think? <laughs> Gosh, dang! 
Mike, Mike knows this is my this is one of my my bloody pet peeves is I should be able to read your instruction book and jump in and play the game. I don't expect you to solve every puzzle for me, uh, but your puzzles better not be so hard that the ones required to complete the game, you know, stump me for an hour or two. Um, so that's my, that's Phil criteria. And under that criteria, yeah, this game's already driving me crazy. I think you're raising my I'm, blood pressure I'm, just talking about it. I'm quite sure that when they were making TV tropes originally and they had to come up with something for the page, guide, dang it, <laughs> probably one of the first games mentioned. Yeah, it's just it's just wrong. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, oh yes, the the way to level magic. It's so, so wonderful. W- so let me guess. Let me guess. You just cast it over and over again on 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 either yourself and or enemies. Oh no! All you had to do was target an enemy and cancel it, and it would count as a use. And get a, out. It was a bug in the original version. Get out. Yeah. In the American version too. I don't know about the American version. I think that was actually I, fixed in the uh, GB, at least the GBA version that was taken out, fixed I, slash I, I, taken I just, out. I know a couple of the Romancing Saga games actually had a similar bug, which I gleefully abused. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, this was about the only good way of leveling magic in Final Fantasy II because otherwise you would have to keep going back to the end to rest up. Oh yeah, th- this is the first game in the series to use magic points, actual MP. Well, that, that at least that's an improvement. Yeah. Oh, they and changed each, the, they changed it right back for Final Fantasy three. <laughs> and yeah. each spell yeah. goes up to level eight max. And to do that, you are looking at oh, what is it about seven eight hundred casts? I, I yeah. want to know who was the smart guy who wrote in the Square Enix after you know in Japan uh, after Final Fantasy SquareSoft. Or Squaresoft back then, right? Uh, I want to know who the bright boy was who wrote a square and said, "Man, this magic point system in Final Fantasy II really sucks. Y'all need to go back to the Venetian system because that's just so um, awesome. I miss it." Um, there were two different groups at Square developing in tandem. I mean, Final Fantasy II was developed by Colossus Group, Second Division, which is uh-huh. one reason that's so completely different. Final Fantasy III was developed by the same group that did the first one, which is again why it's very similar in many ways. Mm-hmm. And why that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, why? Well, why they didn't use continue using a lot of stuff from Kawazu's Final Fantasy II? <laughs> Instead, they decided that it's in okay. It's interesting. You got some good ideas. We don't want to make this our main anything part of our main series anymore. But we'll give you a spinoff. We'll let you handle our Game Boy division. Go ahead. Hmm. And this is how Saga came to be. Yay! And would eventually grow into something much bigger. But that is and also some, another story. Sometimes better, sometimes worse. But yeah. But yeah, back to but the yeah. Story. In Saga, you cannot yeah. deliberately target yourself. Kawazu learned from this. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it, it just reminds me like oh, World of Warcraft. Every time you know someone figures out something that really works well, and then the uh, designers come and say, "Whoa, that isn't what we originally intended. That's abuse. Uh, keep doing it, and we'll kick you out of the game." Too funny, <laughs> but they couldn't do it. Of course, that'd be kind of funny though if the game would actually kick you out for abusing something like that. <laughs> We're sorry. You're not playing the game the way it was originally intended to be enjoyed. Uh, we're going to now delete everything off your Game Boy and make it non-functional. Thank you. All right. My story with this is that I, I had the GBA version, and I was stuck on a transatlantic flight. And my Good solution... Supper. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I I don't remember. I had a seat. I had a couple of seatmates. I had the window seat. To get out to the aisle, I had to go past an elderly Egyptian man and his wife. And 
rather than disturb them too much, I just whipped this thing out, and rather than make progress, I decided, you know what, I'm not feeling particularly like having my full attention go at any moment, so I'll just whack myself over the head repeatedly in front of these easy enemies in front of the first town, and I just did that for a long, long time, and I kept noticing, wow, I'm getting really good at and I just kept at it for a while, and eventually I finally moved on and steamrolled almost everything for a long time. I uh, That's power leveling in this game. It is. And it worked. Yeah, that's by the sad thing. My, by clunking ourselves over the head, we did indeed unlock new powers of the mind and body. Mm. Jeez. I don't even remember how much time I put in by the end because I was in no particular hurry. I, it was long after the transatlantic flight, and transatlantic flights don't last that long. And this was, this was back in the days when you couldn't just plug your system into the plane's adapters. No, you if you ran out of juice, then you had to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But I did eventually win. I I have no more coherent memories except yeah, I, I did that, and I remember. The final dungeon, Castle Pandemonium, had a really cool theme. Yeah. Oh, do you remember the secret? The secret to beating the final boss? Mm, not offhand. Whacking yourself a lot more times before you go and fight him. <laughs> yes, yes, because self abuse solves all the things, doesn't it? Um, no, actually, there was this there was this weapon in the game called Blood Sword, and there were actually two of them that you could get, but they were very low power. Um, their main thing was that they that you could absorb damage using them. You, um, you could it was a draining weapon. However, these two swords were the secret weak point for the final boss. So if you just put both of these things on the, your main sword guy and just have him whack away over and over again, the, the thing dies pretty fast. <laughs> Did not know that. Yeah. So that's that's his secret weakness is the blood sword times two. And now I, you know. I and knowing is half the battle. Go, Joe! Uh, oh, yes, no, I do remember that Leviathan was a dungeon. Go, Joe. <laughs> yes, there's no summoners yet, so Leviathan is not a summons. It is a dungeon. Yeah. Fair enough. Yep. And shades of getting swallowed by Leviathan in Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> You didn't get to go through that dungeon, though. Only Rydia got to go through the innards. Um, and see how she turned out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Pretty well, all things considered. She saved my ass. That was the only thing I remember. I was struggling with that fight. I mean, it was that was such a moment. Talk about the scripted events. I know it's a little off topic. But I was fine. <laughs> I forget what it was. Maybe it was the Three the Dolls of Death? Was, yeah, what? Goldman's. Yeah, sure, whatever. They basically had my party against the ropes. I had been fighting for like 10 minutes. I must have sucked or something. And then, and I had like two party members kissing the ground, and suddenly, and I was about like, I, I, I thought, I, I was just, I was just done with. I, I maybe, then Rydia comes up, and I'm like, oh, it's one of those scripted battles. No wonder I was sucking so much ass. And Rydia oh, it's, comes in, it's and. The DS version where you really can lose that battle because they've upped the magic power so much that it's very hard to survive the number of turns necessary. Well, so yeah, Rydia shows up and basically, you know, her presence saves us, but you still have to fight the battle and win the battle. So that's mm-hmm. what kind of surprised me. This wasn't a scripted to lose 
like you said, it's probably it's, it sounds like it's scripted for so many turns. She shows up, you still got to beat the battle. Um, she just kind of helps you out a little bit. I can't remember what she did to, to kick things off, but it's part of that script. But uh, yeah, totally. Summons something really big and nasty and does massive damage. Yeah, it was really helpful. So, anyways, back to back to back two. to two, which is so much more fun to talk about than four. <laughs> uh, I know. Do we have anything really left to talk about with four and with two? Uh, this is the first instance, I believe, where Chocobos show up. Well, yeah, it's the first for a lot of things in the series. But yeah, go, go, Chocobo. Aren't they in exactly one spot that you would never think to look in without necessarily a fact? I think the party also escaped on them near the beginning or something. Yeah, they ran away on Chocobos earlier. Okay. Um, yeah, Chocobo. Cho. And if you don't, if you do not abuse yourself, then you are in for one nasty ride. Let me tell you, these are not nice enemies. Mm-hmm. They just want to say hi. <laughs> well, their means of saying hi is kind of like the, how the predator says hi to something he finds strong. So you won't live very long. Hmm. All right, I think we might be ready to take on. Are we ready, Phil? Or, oh no, yeah. no, no! You haven't. We haven't done the price roundup. <clears throat> oh yeah, because that's going to be so much more <laughs> expensive than Final <laughs> Fantasy One. Um, well, if you let's... want the purest, closest version to the original you can get in English, then you want Final Fantasy Origins. Ah, huh, you know it's it's kind of hard to pick out too because gosh, it pulls up all the Final Fantasy Twelve copies. <laughs> Jeez, this is no! I didn't put an X in front. Oh, hold on! I gotta, I gotta boil this down by. Uh, here we go. We gotta boil it down by uh, system. Yeah, it's like it's like ten bucks with the shipping. The um, but of course our listeners want the true experience. They want the Super NES. Wait a minute! No, that's Final Fantasy IV Super NES. Yeah, eBay's trying to fool me. Darn it! Let me do the actual check in Japanese. Yeah, find a Japanese copy. Well, first I need to find the Japanese eBay. Oh, here we go. Uh, Final Fantasy 2 and 3 for 50 bucks. Hmm. Of course, that could be any. Uh, that could be the uh, Super and Nintendo ones. You, you got to be careful, boys and girls, that you're getting the actual Final Fantasy 2 and not the Final Fantasy 4 that was originally called Final Fantasy 2 on the Super Nintendo. I don't know. 2 and 3 on Super Nintendo, that seems like a low value for them. Okay, for the very few people, while he's looking that up, for the very few people <laughs> who don't know this yet... Yeah, we, we originally, as I mentioned before, we didn't get Final Fantasy 2 originally here in the United States. Eventually, we got a quote-unquote Final Fantasy 2 on the Super Nintendo, but it was really Final Fantasy 4 in Japan. They had already gotten 2 and 3 out there. Uh, then they released a 4, which is what we got underneath the moniker Final Fantasy 2 over here. And then we didn't get 5 for a long time, so... Mm-hmm. Yep, and then we got right 6, which was called 3, which I really thought was Final Fantasy 3, because, you know, Nintendo Power didn't tell me any secrets. Uh, and then some point, when I f- first got on the internet and I read this, it was like my, my childhood illusions were all shattered, and I had to go into counseling for a few weeks. Because it was like fi- it was the first time I found out the two fairy and Santa Claus weren't real. Then I was ecstatic that there were that the hey wait but wait a minute Phil there are three Final Fantasies two three and five that you'd never legitimately you know that you'd never played an experience and now they're coming out on the Game Boy and, and then I kind of got them and go oh these aren't so awesome except five five is pretty cool 
But that's another day too. Yeah, oh, that's another three day. didn't come out in the Game Boy, but uh, what was that one? Oh, DS. That, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, DS. Yeah, DS. Yeah, yeah. 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 Aside from all those good little kids who played it on their Famicom back in the day, oh, hey, still even further in the future. Battle of Olympus on the NES for twelve bucks. I remember that game. Oh, I'm sorry, we digress. Mike, did, were you looking Let's something see. up? Oh, Final Fantasy II found it in Japanese. All right. If you want to, if you wanted to go hardcore importing, the greatest hits for PlayStation for PlayStation Portable goes around to twenty to twenty five bucks. Hmm. The Wonder Swan version, which I I got for two hundred yen many years ago, is now worth fifty yen on Rakuten. Fifty want, yen? Yeah, oh, that's, man. At the current exchange rate, that's about thirty cents. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know if I could even and, buy candy for that. Oh, and my my limited edition Final Fantasy II Wonder Swan game guide, which I still own, is about a buck thirty. Um. The let's see, where's the actual? Uh there. Okay, about ten dollars for the actual original Famicom cartridge, which is about what it was last time I saw it in a store. Well, there you go. Uh, oh, never mind. No, that's the or. Oh, no, that's the orchestral soundtrack there for eight bucks. Yeah, and that's is that a vinyl record? <laughs> yes, it is. 50, um, 40, I guess it's about $44 for a 33 Kai Yeah, it's it's a vinyl record. Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy 2 soundtrack on vinyl. Wow. Five thousand nice. uh, forty four bucks. Yeah. Grab your copy today, boys and girls. Yeah. Uh, wow. So while you're rushing out to get your very own final copy of the Final Fantasy 2 soundtrack. We're going to take a brief pause and we're going to be right back to talk about Final Fantasy 3. about Final Fantasy 3 developed uh, once again by our friends at Squaresoft published by the same this was originally released way back in the day on April 27th 1990 in Japan for the original Famicom system and we finally got it in North America on the Nintendo DS November 14th 2006 later on on the Apple March 24th 2011 
Android on June 27, 2012. We also got a PlayStation Portable version on November 25th, 2012 through the PSN network. Most yeah, important. Once, once it finally made its way into English, Square did us all a favor and put it on as many platforms as possible. Oh, oh, what well, boy, there's more. I know they, they, my. They upgraded it too. My, the original English version I played was a fan translation. Oh, yeah. My, but of course, what our fans really want to know is when it came out on the Ouya, which was April 11, 2013, <laughs> then on the Windows Phone, December 27, 2013, and last but most certainly not least, Microsoft Windows, May 27, 2014. Wow. This year. Because Final Fantasy 3 is so timeless that we can get it released every year and we want to go back and play it again on a different platform, even though it's the exact same game in most cases. But, anywho, who wants to start kicking off by talking about the super, uber deep plot of Final Fantasy 3? Well, in the uh, beginning, you've got four orphans who fall down a hole and accidentally find the wind crystal. And they have to beat up a turtle first. Damn turtle, so vicious, so vile. And then they find out that the crystals are in danger, so they have to go find them wherever they are. Help the crystals. And that's it for most of the major plot for most of the game until. Well, let's the end. see here. Uh, there's a there's an amnesiac guy who follows you when you're fighting the dude who changes his barriers. Uh, yeah, he and he's a what is he a prince or a king? I can't remember. Um, actually, he's um, Desh. Oh, Desh right, that actually, guy. Yeah, Desh is actually the apprentice of. Um, one of the wizards who helped save, create and save the crystals in the first place eons ago, and he got himself put in suspended animation to, or something like that, and when he woke up he had complete amnesia, but he just knew he had to help something. And yeah, you, when you beat that guy, you get to go off of the island that you start off, which turns out to be a floating continent in the sky, and the world below is completely frozen. Mm-hmm. Or actually submerged. Um, the only thing above water is the water temple, and you have to Say, I, yeah, you have to. Um, somebody gets assassinated by Tiamat. Yeah, it was the Water the, Maiden, and I believe. Yeah, so, the person who's supposed what, to take care of the temple. Yeah. Aria, that's her name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then once you defeat the Fiend of Water and help save the Water Crystal, then the rest of the planet gets unflooded, and wow, everyone's actually okay. And yeah, humans are surprisingly amphibious. <laughs> no, it's more like Sleeping Beauty's castle. They just True. didn't notice. Uh, and then you meet two of the three wizards from ancient times. Uh, let's see, one of them is... One of them was Desh's master. I remember. Got the sum of all knowledge and magical skill, I think. And then there was the crazy lady whose power was over dreams, and so whenever you visit her place, she's just sleeping. And then there's the third, who is the villain of the of the piece, and uh, he got mortality in life as a human. And his name's Which he X. failed to appreciate. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah, what what a what a great gift! Thanks, master of us three. Mm-hmm. Which is why he turned to the dark side and allied with the Cloud of Darkness, which is the most wonderfully vague villain in the entire series. <laughs> and of Fix course, it. you will not hear, much, 
She's also wait, the first witness. Wait, wait. Series. Did you Girl. not notice that the cloud and the darkness both had a capital? That's what I mean. <laughs> just okay. capital C, capital D. Hello. Yes, because English um, capitalization rules rock. Yes. Well, I mean, that's how you knew he was the badass. That's what made him stand out so much from other clouds of darkness that you may have run across in your life. She, this, the cloud of darkness is a girl, apparently. Or looks female, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Granted, so did some of the villains in Saga, but okay. Um. Yeah, and you don't hear about the cloud of darkness really until you've beaten Xenon. Is that his name? Zan, 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 Zande, maybe? Zandy. Zandy. Yeah. Yeah, so she really is a space flea from out, um, she's a, yeah, space flea boss. Flea from nowhere. Space flea from nowhere, thank you. I mean, you you sort of get hints that there's something, but you think that something is Zandy. Yeah. There's also something about bringing balance to light and darkness and in the past... that was one of the cool things about the backstory is that in the backstory it was actually the somebody in the light world trying to destroy the balance, and so the four warriors of darkness had to come and save the world, and that's how everything ended up being sealed up in the first place. And now it was time for the four warriors of light to come around and do it, because mm-hmm. somebody in the darkness was trying to unbalance reality this time. And the dark warriors do show up at the climax to help you. You are the Warriors of Light, they are the Warriors of Dark. Let's help each other out. Actually, it wasn't the Warriors, the Dark Crystals are the ones who give you your last two job classes in this game. Ninja and Sage, was it, I think? Which are about the best job classes in the game. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, they come at the ve- towards the very end of the last level, which you've already spent like three to five hours just bashing your way through because there's no way to save. Yeah, let's get to that in a little bit when we get to the major gripes we might have with this thing. <laughs> yes. Which did not change much from the NES, I gather. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. At least with the DS, you had the, uh, the ability to shut the DS and walk away for a while. That is a critical something. piece. I'm, I must... I must uh, however, however, since I did since I did kind of play this non-legally emulation-wise, um, there is one strong benefit to emulation on this, and that's save states. <laughs> not, not, just, not just for being able to save your game anywhere, but um, for being able to, for example, save your state, keep walking until you hit a battle, count the number of steps that you take, go back to the previous save state, walk that number minus one, bring up your menu... And the battle is canceled because it will reset the counter for step counter for battles. So, um, if you judiciously abuse save states and are very careful, you can make it through some of the nastiest levels of the game with some of the nastiest encounter rates without a single battle. Which is somewhat counterproductive when you realize how many times you're going to have to fight to get better with these job classes. Except. We're talking about, like, for example, the cave where all of the monsters will divide and reproduce if you don't hit them with a specific weapon type. What? <laughs> there's, a, there's one cave, at least one cave, maybe two or three, where they're designed that it's very difficult to get through them without the Dark Knight, Magic Knight class. 
which uses this kind of katana weapon. And so that's the only weapon that you can use to just kill this, these monsters without them dividing. I think that was toned down in the DS. I don't remember yeah, much. Yeah, and I think not remember toned down in the Nintendo version. <laughs> no, I suppose it was not. <laughs> so, yes. There are reasons why you might want to abuse save states if you're playing this on an emulator. In the original, the original version on the emulator. <laughs> yes. Nice. And of course, uh, oh, and for more fun, there were the mini me version, uh, mini me dungeons. You remember those? Yes, I do actually. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've... You also had to turn yourself into a toad here and there. Oh right. Yes. Or into a, or into a chi- tiny, tiny person, mm-hmm. and go yes. into the eye of the dragon and explore the dungeon that way. Yeah. I'll give it points. You don't usually get to do that. I'll also give it points for if you run out of magic while you are mini, you are screwed. <laughs> yes. As you would expect, six-inch high people are not physically Im- impressive in any way. <laughs> and of course, extra extra points for the, the boss of the first real mini-dungeon being a rat. <laughs> who has stolen the eye out of the dragon's statue, the, the jewel. And so it's actually a rat. Just a rat. That, that you're like less than six inches high when you fight him. Incredible what? Shrinking Man. That sounds very creative. It sounds like a fun game. However, there are, there are reasons why no other game in the series has bothered with this idea. <laughs> and yes, we have gone back to the spell charges. Yes. Which Phil loved so much in the first Final Fantasy. Yeah. That's just not a good idea, people. Yeah. I know. I, I would love to know. I'm going to do some research on that sometime. And just find out why. Who came? I mean, yeah. Why did they come up with that spell system? I'm... Well, for Final Fantasy, it's because they were copying the skill ranks in the old Dungeons and Dragons. But why they kept it is a completely different. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were keeping as much as possible from the first game. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Well, they they did kind of improve things with the actual ability to change classes, but they, even then they kind of screwed that up. Yeah, because you have to go through, what is it, ten battles in order to not be completely nerfed in your it new class? Might have, I think, wasn't it, I thought it was less in the DS version. It might have been like five. Well, yeah, you need to, um, I mean, your actual base stats are partly based on which levels you get, um, which jobs you level under. And also, wasn't there? There was something called capacity points, CP, mm-hmm. that you used up whenever you changed classes. And like, for example, when I first got the Viking class, I thought, "Oh, cool! I'll just be a Viking." And changed a couple guys to Vikings, and then realized I don't have any weapons for Vikings, <laughs> and I can't change back <laughs> because I don't have enough CP. Yes, that was it. That that was so much fun. Yes, it was, wasn't it? Not. <laughs> well, it just makes sense. I mean, if you could change jobs, you could only do it so much. I mean, you can do push-ups, but you can only use so many of those. Mm-hmm. Sounds oh, perfectly I... logical to me. But this game did add a lot of jobs to the system. I mean, um, you had... Let's see, they added Alchemist, which was... Or, no, did this one have... Or was that five? They added Summoner in this one. They added Dragoon. They added Mystic Knight. Um, Sage and Ninja. 
there was the updated martial artist, but that was just an updated martial artist. Um, what else? I believe Conjurer was just an updated summoner, as I recall. Or is that added for the DS version? May have been. Um, I mean, there were multiples, like there was Fighter and Knight, or uh, Monk and Black Belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may have just been the one summoner class, or actually, there may have been a Caller and a summoner class. Uh, there was, I, I'm pretty sure there was a Geomancer class in this one, wasn't there? Oh, I'm gonna have to check. Uh, let me think here. Oh yeah, there was a Geomancer. Uh, let's see here, Ninja Sage, Thief, Warrior. Viking. Viking, and for fun, they they reused the Viking sprites as the dwarves in Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> you know, I remember this. Yeah, that those did seem to. Getting Actually, some no. clicking sounds uh, from somewhere, so I want to watch mm. that. But uh, so well, I was thinking Evoker, not was the upgraded Summoner class. Mm. Oh no, Evoker was the was actually the smaller class, and Summoner was the advanced class that lets you do more. Okay, that, we're just working with different translations then, because. The fan translation I worked with it just said caller. They were borrowing. Yeah, because that, that was the official North before. American one. Yeah. And of course, freelancer. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just um, Onion Knight in the original, yeah. Yeah, they should have kept it with Onion Knight. That was funny. I believe Onion Knight was an unlockable, uh, cl- like unlockable class. I believe in uh, the job in the DS version. It is. Um, actually, I think you get it um, very near the end. Yeah, um, and I think you had to do something with that Moogle Mail thing, which I think is completely useless now since Wi-Fi is down for the DS. Yeah, um, and Nintendo I think that's Wireless. Supposed to be like, like um, in the original game, there there was Onion Knight equipment. Some of the best equipment in the game was actually for the Onion Knight, mm-hmm. but you only got it towards the very end. Rare drops from different monsters in the final level. But if you could get all of that equipment together, and if you bothered to actually level up Onion Knight, then it was like insanely powerful. They actually have a special FAQ for it in GameFAQs. Interesting. Yeah. Now you're playing with power. Onion <laughs> power. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I guess it's worth noting that the well, the, well, they were generic orphans for the for the uh, Famicom version, they got names and very mild personalities in the DS version. Which is... Yeah, there was... No, go on. I mean, yeah, that is a plus, because, I mean, (laughs) zero personality in the original. They don't have a whole lot of personality. No, there was Ark was the main character, and... No, not Ark. No, Ark was the uh, slightly shy kid. Uh, Who was... Luneth was the knight. Uh... Who else? What are the names of the other? Um, what was her name again? I'm trying I to remember to, here. Oh, I have to research. See, they, they were such memorable characters. <laughs> okay, Rethia was the girl who was. Uh, I believe she was like her father was a blacksmith. Her adopted father was a blacksmith. And who was the quote unquote main character? Uh, hold on. Ark was the sh- okay, Ark Lunith. Gonna kick uh, myself. No, Ingus was the uh, was a was a knight, the soldier. Okay, yeah, Lunith was the quote unquote main character. Oh wow! 
I just looked up the fully equipped Onion Knight stats <laughs> for the original Final Fantasy three. Uh, apparently, apparently, once you get if you actually level a character in Onion Knight above level ninety, they start gaining like six stats and everything per level up. So if you get a love get a Onion Knight to level ninety nine with the full equipment, we're talking hit points straight nines. Strength, straight nines, agility, vitality, intellect, spirit, all nines. Dang. Attack. 452 attack power with a times 26 hit multiplier. A hit percentage of 99%. A defense of 177 with a 6 times multiplier. 99% evade, 128 magic defense, and 99% magic evade. That thing's impossible to hit. <laughs> Bye bye, and, and if you do hit it, it does one damage. Pretty much. I mean, that's almost enough to one shot the cloud of darkness. Okay, that's cloud of darkness with a capital C and a capital D. You're yeah. just like spitting it out so casually as if it's just any cloud of darkness. Okay, the cloud of darkness. Oh, that that's much better, Baker. Good job. Good job. Feel much better. So yeah, so with this guy, you might be able to defeat the. Cloud of darkness, single-handedly. And in the NES version, doesn't the or the Famicom version doesn't the Cloud of Darkness just spam some super destructive death attack over and over? Pretty much, as well it should. It's Cloud of yes. Dark. It's the See, Cloud of Darkness. On- onion sword plus five of strength, <laughs> agility, and vitality. Onion helmet acts as a ribbon, blocks all stats, and reduces elemental damage. Onion Glove, plus five for strength, agility, and vitality. Dear lord. Onion Glove, that's just, that does not sound like a is form of just me or is, sounds like a kitchen implement. Is it just me, or can I hear Baker drooling on his microphone? I think he's no, in love. That'd be a little wetter. Okay. I'm just like, dear lord, this is ridiculous. Okay, I think you all know what you can get Michael Baker for Christmas. <laughs> not this game, sorry. Okay. What, what, enough, right? what he wants is a copy, a DS copy of that game with the onion armor already unlocked and on the characters. So if you can do that for him, you'll be his new best friend. No, actually, if you can somehow get me Legend of Legacy one month early, you will be my best friend seriously forever. Uh, Duly noted. <laughs> but hey, I only have another month to wait for that. Yeah, the rest of us may have to wait a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Square, Square Enix is not particularly forthcoming. It's not, it's not a Square Enix game. Oh, that's right, that's right. Force it, just ha- it just happens to effectively be a saga game. Which explains why you are waiting with the most bated of breath, and if it was less than a month, you might be passed out on the floor from holding your breath. Pretty much, yes. Okay, back to this game. Yes, yes, Final Fantasy III. Um, uh, yeah, there's a boss. He changes his barrier, so you have to... There's a class in the game, and I don't remember what it's called, but it allows you to see what the enemy's current weak point is. Scholar. Scholar. And that's that... about the only use for that character. Or for right. that um, job class. Except if you want to hit things with books. <laughs> because he equips elementally themed books that do elemental damage. Whack, 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 whack. So, it's kind of fun. Well, we know 
we know from firsthand experience that if books fall upon people, they hurt. So I, I see where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're about the size of the unabridged Oxford English Dictionary. So yeah. you would think that the scholar would have a better strength bonus than he does. Yeah, I'd say that the programmers of the game forgot some key elements there. Yes. Those books are not easy to lift, as no. anyone who's tried to lift them will tell you. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, yeah, you, you need him for that one fight, which of course means that you need to fight multiple fights with him in order to get the stupid it's, CP down. Yeah, to make him any way useful. Um. Oh yes. Well, we might as well cover. Ah, uh, what is it? The 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 Tower of Eureka, right? Yeah, I think that sounds familiar. Uh, and the Tower of Eureka eventually leads into mm, the final area where before you get to fight I keep wanting to call him Xenon or Xenu but he's Zandy Zandy Mm -hmm. all I have to do is think of a certain Bruce Springsteen song and mispronounce the first letter there we go um yes before you can fight him at least this is how it works in the DS version. You have to fight four other bosses. And again, with no way of saving in this game outside of the ends. Right? Right. Yeah. The DS kept that. You you don't get to save, and it's a good minimum three hours trip through this thing. Yeah. I was going to say about three to five hours. Yeah, and the DS version has been tweaked to be easier. Yes, the, please don't don't read too much into that. Uh, so let's see. You get Cerberus, which is pretty much the standard multi-headed dog thing. Mm-hmm. You get Echidna, and I don't remember what she did right now, but I killed her. You get the two-headed dragon. You get Aramon, which has been seen in many, many other Final Fantasies since as either a regular enemy or an optional boss. And I re- distinctly recall the Cloud of Dark... Cloud of Darkness. Thank you. Having two of my characters dead by the time I finally killed it, so that was a very near-run thing. And this I remember is a, this- spamming a lot of... The ninjas throw like those shurikens at that thing, <laughs> and Bahamut. Lots of summoning Bahamut. I also remember reviving people. That's not easy in this game. Not at all. Nope. You don't get to buy Phoenix down in this game. Oh no. I don't remember there being any revival spells either. At least not in the battle. Well, that sounds pretty awesome because that's more realism, you know. Adds to the challenge, you know. JRPGs can be a bit easy. <laughs> yes, they can. So let's. If you're ever feeling like you're you've been playing too many easy games lately and you need a challenge, play this one. All right. You, will, you won't feel that urge for a little while afterwards. Yeah, no, I kind of been feeling that way with Dragon Quest Six, anyways. Stupid game. <laughs> We're not talking about that one yet, Phil. Stupid game. 
So what is your experience with Final Fantasy 3, Phil? Uh, I think I pretty much got... I booted up the DS. I saw the very blocky, low-polygon count 3D graphics. Um, I think I got as far as turning to a frog for the first time. That was about it. I remember the big turtle. Oh, the big turtle, yeah. There, there is a life spell. Oh, okay. There, yeah. see there, Mike. I mean, you you probably didn't use it, Mike, because it made the game too easy. Well, the first version, you have to buy it in a, either in a specific village or find it in the Mage Dorga's house, and it only revives you up to like, like one single digit of hit points. Well, the life two. You have to buy in the shop in in Eureka. Well, yeah, of course it only did like to a single digit hit points. You you guys just you just want everything just handed to you on a silver <laughs> platter. Yeah, resurrection now, just happened, man. What what do you t- you want it to be easy? Yeah, no, I, I really love Dragon Quest because you know, especially in six, where the leveling and everything seems slower than the other games, uh, because that way I really get to enjoy Zing a lot longer. Uh, of course, Zing, and there's Zing, which is like the Life 1, and then there's Kazing, which is like Life 2. But the Life 1 version basically um, only has like a 50-50 chance, and because I have the Will of Sluck, it's more like a 25% chance of working. So I have to cast casting it over and over and over again until the guy finally revives. That's that's what I call fun. But I think I do get more than 5 hit points. <laughs> Oh, and and just checking through an FAQ here for Phoenix Down in this game. Just for Phoenix uh, Down? There are Phoenix Downs, however. Oh, I know they're there, but is there a guide just for finding them? Yeah, pretty much, because they're so rare. I I just scrolled through the item section here. Oh, okay. But um, all it says is found, found, found. (laughs) Right, you cannot buy them. Yes. You are limited. No, yeah. However Again, many I do remember that. Can't find it. 8, 9, 11, 13, 17, 18, 19, 21, 23. In a 20. world where Phoenix Downs are not found. There are 32 of these things to be found in the entire game. Nine of them are in the last set of levels. <laughs> they do not want to make it easy for you to survive at all. Nor should they, because the world's a cruel place. So, so do you? Okay, well, that wouldn't be a problem if you didn't die a lot. Do you die a lot? Yes. Yes. Uh huh. Oh. Now, again, I didn't play the original version, but uh, I seem to remember hearing that running is really hard. Yes. So if you get into a fight, you might as well deal with it because doesn't running send your defense down to zero? So if it fails, then the enemies get a free. Oh, that is just so freaking cool. <laughs> See, Phil loves hearing about that. I'm just telling you, I'm just, I'm just salivating over here. That just sounds so awesome. Uh, and and how did this? How did they ever? Okay, okay. 
do, do, so Mr. Baker, since you seem to be a little more familiar with Japan and that whole culture over there, <laughs> how in the hell did they make enough money off of three to get on to four? Because this well, really doesn't sound like fun. Well, first of all, because, you know, Nintendo hard, uh, gamers were just that much more inured to personal devastation and self-abuse of those days. Mm. Especially in Japan, uh, it seems. Especially in Japan. Second, I mean, this game was a lot bigger than previous Final Fantasies in many ways, and it was just... I mean, they didn't have that much more to compare with. And third, I'm guessing if they followed the regular development patterns, they may have already had four partly in development by the time three came out, and they just decided to move it on to Super Nintendo. I mean, look at it. You, you see sprites from three all throughout four, mm-hmm. just slightly upgraded. Mm-hmm. I mean, the scholar sprites, the Viking sprites, the hunter sprites, everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. You'll find it in Final Fantasy IV. But if you, you also note that you can buy life potions in Final Fantasy IV from the very first store in the very first town. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the characters with white magic learn the life spells quite early, and they do a bit more healing than they do in three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what I'm learning here, and this, so I did, uh, I did play both two and three for a few hours on the emulator with fan patches way back in the day. Because when I first discovered that I could emulate and I could download some of the Final Fantasy that I missed out on, mm-hmm. I jumped on that and I found some of the fan translations or fan translations in progress and stuff, and <clears throat> spent a little bit of time with the games. Honestly, my walk away impression was I can see why these didn't come to the United States. Um, I'm not well, so sure this, you guys have talked me out of that. This was released in 1990 on the Famicom, the same year the original game came out over here on the NES. Uh, considering the length of time that took, it would have been come out on the NES here, what, 93? And that would be when the Super Nintendo was already out, and yeah. Doing quite well for itself. Yeah, so that's probably a major reason why they didn't release it at all. Over here, it was just timing. Yeah. Yeah. And we can kind of see why Final Fantasy II was not originally released over here, I think. <laughs> it was Also that, timing, but uh, also... also. <laughs> Plus, I mean, they already had Final Fantasy IV coming out. I mean, Final Fantasy IV came out in 91 or 92 in Japan, I think. Yeah, and it, so, it came over here pretty fast on the heels of that. Yeah. So it was it was much easier just to bring that one over as the new two for the new the brand new system that Nintendo was trying to push really hard and it looked better and it played better than the first three combined. Oh so, yeah. This is not this is not a difficult decision to make. No, not difficult at all. And not difficult. Okay, anyway. Final Fantasy three. Um why would you ever want to experience the original Famicom version? Please tell us. Historical well, curiosity? Well, because it was 1999, I had just discovered emulation, and I was trying to see all the games that I had missed. Yeah, that was exactly in, in why I did it. Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's preferably in Japanese in a few cases because the translation patches were just that awful and or buggy. <laughs> so. yeah. Now, I mean, I, I, I echo... 
Mr. Baker's sentiment, I just had a lot less in intestinal fortitude than he did. Because I never got to the cloud of darkness. Oh, no, no, no. It's the cloud of darkness. Oh. You need to lower your voice a bit more. Uh, I can't. I got a cold. Well, uh, raspy throat anyways. Uh, yes, by the time you reach the cloud of darkness, you will be hours past any point where you can save, so you'd better kick its ass or else... That's on the DS. That's on the D. That's on the DS version as well. I mean, that is the DS version, right? That's right. That I I gather that the DS version tweaks it a little bit, though, by having you able to pick the order in which you're going to fight Cerberus, Echidna, Ariman, and whatever the two-headed dragon. Although, of course, you can't really tell which is which. Ariman is the big floating eyeball, I think. Mm -hmm. Because that's at least that's the bot. That's the name they use for that, um, or that's what they use for that in later games. Yeah. Yeah, how it, how it went from being one of the four things that you have to fight in the finale to uh, just a regular enemy for the most part. I don't know. Mm, it just happens. Power <laughs> creep. Uh, I played it on DS because, you know, I, I had the option, so I figured why not. And... You know, if you want to play a Final Fantasy with a job system and you don't want to play Final Fantasy Tactics, then go play Final Fantasy V, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, sounds like it. If yeah. you absolutely must yeah. play the very first job system in a Final Fantasy game, <laughs> then sample this, mm-hmm. and you will probably get frustrated at the many issues it has. I made the mistake of playing this after five. I really should have done it the other way around. <laughs> Yes. Ooh. Still managed to finish it, but and and kind of well, I I didn't completely dislike it, but I really should have played it. After, yeah, like I four played five. It after five two. And... You forgot to mention that if you really want need to play a class system in a Nintendo game, original Nintendo Entertainment System game, go get the old version of Dragon Quest three instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I concur. And 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 then if you're going to do that, I'm going to jump in and say, pull a baker. And go get an emulator and play the <laughs> SNES remake of Dragon Quest Three with the fan translation pass, p- patch because it is awesome. Um, I, I still have my English copy of the Game Boy Color game. I've, that's what I'm using. So at least you're legitimate. Uh, you know, not not everybody is. Yeah, um, Enix didn't bring over any Dragon Quest games on the Super Famicom, so there's there's yeah. no way to play those legit in English. Yeah, you didn't bring out any after four for the longest time. No, but we no that that's another story. Let's let's hold that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I also played three after five, which mm-hmm. made it uncomfortably archaic okay, in certain respects. Uh-huh. Like, like there's no way to like like there's no secondary job ability slots, for example. No, that's and a lot of the. A lot of the job classes are there mainly to justify certain equipment being in existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And several of them are just obvious upgrades of of previous spells or previous um, yeah, previous job classes. Mm-hmm. Knight and fighter, warlock, black mage, yeah. 
I, I can give it some creativity points, the the mini dungeons. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. You have an awful lot of vehicles in this game, I remember. For an NES game, at least. At least three airships. And, of course, you need all of those because, for whatever reason, each of your previous airships has been outmoded. Oh, my favorite one is when you're flying over the city that's going through a very formalized civil war and somebody shoots it down. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to... You have to... Um, um, you have to prove that the current advisor to the throne is actually the ancient demon Garuda in disguise. Oh, yes. That and, is a memorable moment. And in order to beat him, you actually have to have the drag, the uh, Dragon Knight, the Dragoon equipment. Oh, which is right, not remember. anywhere in the game before this point. So if you try to change your guys to a Dragoon before this, you're screwed. Um, so you actually have to go into the Seal Tower to find four spears and four sets of dragon armor to use right, for your characters. I remember to that. The dragoons and have them just jump the thing to death. <laughs> yeah, and you find it in the middle of the town. You do mm-hmm. not go through a dungeon to fight Garuda. <laughs> yeah. He, he's just there in plain sight because he doesn't think anyone can beat him. And because he's supposedly human, supposedly everyone thinks so. And there's a reason he doesn't think anybody can beat him. If you're not Dragoons, then you're going to be sitting there taking the hits he lands, and those are nasty hits. Mm-hmm. So the only way to beat him is to be up in the air for most of the battle. Um... Yes, the Cave of Darkness was definitely toned down for the DS. And I don't feel any compunction to go seek it out on the Famicom because I don't feel like any more screaming until I shred my throat at a game's difficulty right now. (laughs) Yeah, kind of got over that phase of my life really quick. You know, the phase where I actually think that hard games are super awesome and fun. I think it was the time I got a job back in 1990-something. You know, because then my free time became a lot more valuable not hitting the reset button over and over again. Okay, <laughs> so uh, any uh, any final... Wait, do we, do we know anything about these these recent re- versions on the iOS and on Windows? I'm For assuming instance, they're all ports of the DS version. They yeah, are. They, yeah, they looking look at this... Look a little better than the, you know, blocky DS 3D. It's DS 3D, what, what are you going to do? It's a little, it's kind of cutesy, but it's still blocky. <laughs> Exactly. I, I'm going to guess that a couple of them have touchscreen controls, which of course will be ideal for the game. <laughs> it will have been completely rethought to incorporate the touch controls. Because the DS totally had them. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Wait, indeed. Yeah, they're, you know, and it's funny. They keep releasing on these platforms, and, and, and here's the thing. I mean, <laughs> excuse me, bad throat, but I'm trying not to cough here, but. Square keeps re-releasing these things, and at the end of the day, I mean, just listening to you guys has pretty much confirmed what my experimentation for a few hours with each of these titles, which, uh, you know, which is, these are not the pillars of 
awesome JRPG. You know, it's one thing to go and want to experience them because, like you said, they're a piece of RPG history or whatnot. But if you're, if I was walking up to somebody and I'm sharing with them my love of role-playing games, computer and console and, and the such, um, and there's certain games I grew up and I just love because they were the first ones I played or that's all we had back then or whatever have you. If I want to introduce somebody to this world, um, there's some titles I would recommend to them. Dragon Quest IV is a great example. This is not one of those two and three are not even one. <laughs> just just not in those categories. It's it's a surefire way of making sure your friends never talk to you again. <laughs> well, while I like the architectural simile, I think you got the wrong bit of architecture there. They're not the towers of the series. They're the foundations. You need something at the bottom. Yeah, so, something at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> to build up True. from. And that's, that's mostly what the series has done. We'll ignore recent developments and just say for all the games in the series that everybody really likes, all of their roots are in these three games. Right, but that's you know, but the thing is, the thing is, those people, those of us who are really hardcore retro RP gamers, uh, especially like you guys who've actually played the entire thing, you know, and, and then there's people like me who just kind of collect. But put us put us both together. There's not that many of us. I mean, it's a niche of yeah. a niche of a niche almost. And, and but yet they keep popping out these games. Why? Because there's another group of people, much bigger than any of us, who simply buys the games. I guess because it has the word Final Fantasy on it, and they think it's going to be awesome. They grab these things because they play they you know they play Final Fantasy VI or Final Fantasy IV on the Super Nintendo or Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation and they like oh I'm gonna go exp-, you know more Final Fantasy games yeah they're gonna be a little older but uh, they're gonna be fun and and they're just I I just I just I, you know like going back and playing Dragon Quest you know three four uh, five those are those are fun those are those are games that I can go back and play and have a good time. These games sound more like a chore. I want to give everybody a little link to see here. Last, less than a week ago, GameFAQs had a poll on Final Fantasies, and let's just look at the numbers here for your favorite Final Fantasy. Let's... Look where Final Fantasy Two comes in, because there were actually 122 people who voted for Final Fantasy 2 122 out of 30,649 <laughs> which is 0.4% which and coincidentally enough I've gone on to wikipedia.com it's also the same exact percentage of those who are certifiably and clinically insane so I don't know if there's any correlation there but uh, well it also depends on how many people thought they were voting for Final Fantasy 2 Super Nintendo ah. it says on the poll <laughs> Final it Fantasy, does say. AKA, oh, AKA, AKA two on a Super, Super Nintendo. Nintendo. So. Oh, okay, never mind. This is legitimate. Legitimate. Okay. So uh, since you've pulled this up, Mike, maybe they were voting ironically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Just talking cheek. Just because you brought this up, Mike, and and whatever have you, I just I know it's a little bit of a side aside, but let's let, let me just go over these really quickly. In first place. Final Fantasy VII at 23% and change. I'm not going to go over the points, just 23%. Um, which, uh, which is unfortunately an error on you know, some of these people's part because we all know the best one, which is second place on here, is Final Fantasy VI at uh, 19 to 20%. Mm-hmm. Uh, then looks like the next place is actually Final Fantasy X at about 14, 15%. It looks like the next one is Final Fantasy IX at 12%, which I really did enjoy that one. So that's a that's a good call. Good call, guys. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII at well nine percent, 
Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, that one kind of blew me away. Uh, Final Fantasy IV doesn't clock into what are we up to now? Fifth place, sixth place at six and change. That is – that's a little dis- – I like four. But then again, I will admit I'm looking at that through the eyeglasses of uh, Let's time. Let's see. Then we, then we take a steep dive. Twelve gets all of 3.83%. Hmm. Yeah, and then – realized we're paying serious attention to a GameFAQs poll here. <laughs> <laughs> True. Oh, this is true. We're moving on. Okay, yeah. so, yeah, those Enough are your time. top six. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, we're going we're gonna to take a break. We'll come back to wrap this up with the final lap after I take a final lap to the restroom. stuff we just talk about what's on our mind and for those of you who just who just downloaded this just to listen to final fantasy this is the part you want to jump off at just go ahead and stop now because now we're going to talk about everything else other than final fantasy so we've done final fantasy it's time to move on to the kitchen sink to the final lap and we start off by talking about our next show which is rpg backtrack number 134 lost in the mist and we're doing that december 30th is that next week? We're doing that next week, Mike? Well, we're going to record last week, but uh, something happened. What yeah, but I mean, is people going to be, you know, New Year's Eve, you know, just, I guess so. Yeah, it's not really yeah. New Year's Eve. Sure, why not? I um, have to work December 31st. I don't know about you. Yeah, I do too. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to me, it's just another day in paradise myself, but, you know, some, some people get to party all night and all day and everything else, so, hmm. We're going to be talk- excellent. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Lost Odyssey. Is it really lost? It's know. on the Xbox 360. It's a JRPG, and it's unlikely to be on anything else. Yeah, it's kind of lost. Oh, fun, <laughs> fun fact here. Um, every week in Famitsu, the Famitsu Magazine, they, um, right after the sales rankings, they have the what people want rate rankings. It's just <laughs> like an informal poll. And Lost Odyssey is still on there. Lost Odyssey PS3. It's followed right behind, um, or it, uh, it's followed directly by Ushiro, level five PlayStation Portable, which never happened. And I can't remember one other 
So one other game that was very, very obviously canceled six years ago, and people are still asking about it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, given what Mistwalker has been doing lately, I don't see this being ported to PS3. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had a couple of comments on our last show, number 132, then some heroes came along, come along. We talked about uh, tra- Trails in the Sky, right? And, uh, well, isn't there another game too, Legend of Heroes or something? Do we have to go into the whole Legend of Heroes story again? <laughs> something, something, something. Trails in the Sky was all I remember. So, um, Balance, why don't you read Balance's comments? <clears throat> awesome show. I loved Trails in the Sky and replayed it two or three times on the PSP. Loved the wonderful characters. Fun battle system. It's on the top of my most eagerly waited sequels list. Dragon Quest sounds so trolling. Nah. Nowadays you can just change class before you can twirl and say Wonder Woman. I'm thinking of Final Fantasy XIV very Final Fantasy Jobs. What can I do for you? <laughs> and, and, I can't uh, hear yes. you. Oh, yes, I seem to remember talking about Beyond the Beyond at the end of that episode. Thank you, Balance, for listening to what I had to say. He's going to give it a wide berth. No matter what certain people on our forums say, he's not going to give it a try. Yeah, yeah, there is... You know, when when Balance says that, I'm not really super sure if he was talking about the... uh, Because he says the discussion about Beyond the, the Beyond is beyond a joke, and I believe that refers to the whole thread that uh, Mike had going on there regarding his Beyond the Beyond review, where he dared to give it a low score. Did, Mr. Baker, did you ever try Beyond the Beyond? No. Are you eager to try it now that you've seen how many people have come out of the woodwork to say it's a hidden classic? All of two of Only them? if you're willing to pay me money <laughs> to actually sit down and play this game because I have other completely awful games for PlayStation that I have not tried yet and nobody else has, has nobody else on the English internet has ever been recorded as trying that I would rather sit through instead. So You know, I can't blame uh, you. Yeah, so instead of instead of Beyond the Beyond, I might just go with Cuclio Teatro, which I have no idea what it's about, but it's probably better. <laughs> That's not difficult. Uh, yeah. On the other hand, I um, last year I did go through a couple PlayStation games that were possibly just as bad in certain aspects as Beyond the Beyond. So, no, thank you. <laughs> Let's see here. We have... I, I uh, think we need to talk anymore about that game right now. No. Galleon says, Great show. This Trails in the Sky game has my interest. Now I just need to convince my wife to buy a Vita. I to love let Vita. him buy a Vita. I'll let him buy a Vita. Wait, well, maybe, maybe it's the same thing. It could be. Could be the same bank account. Could could be. Um, happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I, I, you know, I get a little confused about what days I post stuff and get Twitter comments and stuff. So if I read this before, please for, forgive me. I have short term memory. Uh, Stalik tweeted me and said love the latest backtrack and much enjoyed looking forward to the next episode Um, been tempted by those Persona titles via Playstation Network yeah that's a reference to what was going to be our next episode instead it's been pushed back a little further just because the two participants the two Persona 
two vets. Uh, ah. need, it, we couldn't make their schedules work until a little bit from now, but it long, would happen. Long story short, though, if you're if you're looking if you're feeling like super tempted, uh, or you got some Christmas money to spend, or something like that, um, depending on which persona you're talking about, you might want to ask. You know, tweet tweet us out some questions or stuff first because not all Persona games are created equal. Just putting that out there. Mo- yeah, not even talking about the Shimigami Tensei, just the Persona games. Um, yeah, three and four, super super awesome. One and two twos or whatever, not for the faint of heart. Uh, let's see here. There was we had some comments kind of going back and forth because um, was it uh, what was it that came out? Um, Oh yeah, so we can okay. So retro news is kind of a retro news moment. While I'm reading your Twitter comments, kind of blending these two little things I do together, retro news, earth shattering retro news. Suikoden two is out on the PlayStation Network. Finally, Suikoden two. You no longer have to hunt down a ninety dollar disc to experience this PlayStation One RPG classic. You just gotta own. A PlayStation 3 or a Vita. Unfortunately, for reasons unknown to the human mind, so I was super excited about this, super stoked. Um, I've, as I might have mentioned before, I love my PlayStation Portable as a retro PlayStation 1 gaming machine. If I'm going to play Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9, which I've gone back and played just about all of them, I've done, I've done it on my PSP. It's really great having it palm of your hand, and those uh, those uh, those th- you know those polygon counts on those characters are really low. They don't age very well, but on a smaller two and a half inch screen or whatever the heck it is, it works fine. You know, I don't notice that cloud only. Well, I do notice he still only has five polygons, but it's it's a little easier to, to digest when it's on a tiny screen. Stretched across my big screen, I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, not to mention those turn based games, like I mentioned before, is just made for travel. Uh, so so super excited about this. Unfortunately, because maybe because they're trying to distance themselves on PSP, it's the last generation handheld. Everyone should go Vita. It, it's only on Vita and the PlayStation Three, so that's the only that's the only downer part of this. Uh, I really wish they had also done a PSP release because I don't know why in the heck they wouldn't. But I, I heard there were some technical issues that maybe they're above my pay grade. Um, but gosh, every other PlayStation One game. Front Mission 3, um, Final Fantasy 7 through 9, uh, Beyond the Beyond. Be- Beyond the Beyond, of course, an instant classic. <laughs> All of those are on the PSP, so I can't imagine it would have been that much harder, but oh, whatever. I got a Vita, so that's eventually where I'll be. Uh, gra- I need to go ahead and grab that before they lose the rights to sell it or something. Uh, Willis Luck and stuff. So uh, some dialogue going back and forth um, with some of, uh, some of our listeners between um, – uh, me and them regarding some of my frustrations with some retro gaming that I've been doing lately. I won't go into more detail than that. Uh, you can you can read. Yeah, my you've fl- already done uh, a, an RPG track for this month, so we and especially you need to actually finish this particular run. Before I don't can- know if I'm going to finish. It might beat me. Some games beat me, Mike. This game might <laughs> beat me. See, I, I believe you know people are like, oh, I beat this game. I beat this game. I'm one of those guys that's willing to admit sometimes when a game beat Strange Journey was a game that beat me. Now it beat the final boss is what beat me there. I just I gave up. I was just try to beat him several times, couldn't do it. Read an FAQ to see what was kind of required, and yeah, no, no, Phil's not doing no, no, uh, uh-uh. no, no, no. The grinding involved or whatever that that guy want me to jump through, no way, Jose. So I just said, you know what? He beat me. That's the end of that character story. The bad guy won. Earth has been destroyed. I walked away. Um, don't know if that's going to happen with Dragon Quest Six, but my whole point is, at JC Servant, 
Mike is at Jew Mason. You can tweet us. You can ask questions. And we can tweet you and ask you questions because uh, that's what's really cool about our fan base is we got a lot of people there who know a lot. So I'd love to converse with you all online. Um, Michael uh, on Twitter says, and that's uh, his handle is at, uh, well, forget it. Um, he says, beware, <laughs> you will be visited by three games of the past, Grandstream Saga, Agoras War, and Dark Spire. They will keep you sober. Did I get this tweet? No, it's just towards me. That explains some things. Now, I've been super... I, I would have remembered another another invocation of Agarest in my presence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, unfortunately, I was super, super busy for the last uh, few days, holidays and everything like that, so I haven't had a chance to appropriate reply. I'm just going just gonna to tell you, okay, Michael, now you're just being mean. You're, you're a troll, Michael, okay? You're a troll. Go hide underneath a bridge, all right? Because that's just wrong. Bringing up those games is just wrong. And you should be ashamed of yourself. It's Christmas, for crying out loud. You should be bringing up the ghost of Christmas past, because that's evil crap. Um, other than that, you can see some uh, going back and forth between me and CenturyLink, because I think they're evil, too. Uh, anywho, um, so lots of lots of cool... Lots of cool things going on Twitter on our forums. You can join in the conversation. Talk about your favorite computer and console games from the way back when, right up through yesteryear, as well as current RPGs. Oh, oh all of them are over at board.rpgamer.com. That's where all the conversations are taking place. Of course, you can read all the latest news and articles at rpgamer.com. That is your central hub for all things RPG-related. Uh, let's do a round table. What are you playing? What are you writing on the site? What do you want to plug? And let us start over. Let's start start over. Jeez. I haven't really. Guys, I have not been drinking tonight unless you count the cold medicine. Uh, seriously? Seriously. Okay. I am totally 100% uh, sober unless they've spiked my carbonated water. Maybe it's that lemon. It was kind of old that I squeezed into it. Um, so let's do ladies first. Miss Cassandra, what is new with you? Uh, well, we've uh, re- had a new feature go up a little, not too long ago. I should have loved you, which is essentially a about uh, staffers t- discussing games that have disappointed that disappointed us. Either completely disappointed, like we disliked it, or like we liked it, but it kind of let us down. In my case, I discussed Pokemon X and Y. Sure, I still play the game a ton, but compared to black and white, it feels like a step backwards in a, in a number of ways. And yeah, so that was pretty. So you could just check that out. Should still be on the main, on the uh, front page there. See what I wrote. See what everybody else wrote about. As for and I finally written, I'm, I've, I finished writing it. I'm still in the process of getting it up. Uh, my first review in a long while. Since I completed the main story of Fantasy Life, I've written the review for that. Uh, so that should go. Like that? Huh? How did you like it? I actually, I, I liked it. I definitely could have been a lot better. It's pretty, you know, it's, it's like especially weak in the story aspect. Uh, yeah, thought that I, they could have made the the, the the lives, the jobs, a, a little more variant. You know, make the crafting yeah. jobs different than just the same darn mini game. But mm-hmm. it's very addictive. And it's really cute. So, uh, do you agree or disagree with my original review? I like it slightly better than you do, but not by much. Yeah, I, I remember noting in, in my review that the 
biggest problem with the game's central storyline is that it exists. Yeah, that's what I th- that's what said. Either they could have made it a lot better, or they could have just left it out entirely. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. I, I was really hoping that we would actually get some more story based around the actual jobs and lives. Right. And instead, there really wasn't that much in there, and the central storyline was tacked uh, on and point, kind of pointless. I mean, there was. I mean, the big. I mean, the big climax of the end was not a climax. No, it just kind of like... Oh, it, yeah, it just kind of like... It kind of tapered off is what it did. Yes. I thought the characters were really... I, thought, I really liked the characters, though. They were like they were charming. Yeah. They were... And there wasn't good... really a villain for the entire game either. No, I found that interesting. And I, it's, it's rare to see that anymore. There's like every character that you were led to believe might be a good antagonist, villain, rival, or whatever turns out to be your friend. They're just misunderstood. No, it's not, yeah, yeah it's they were just misunderstood. Nice. Uh, yeah, actually, yes. That's how exactly. Love it. Love it. But yeah, I should get that up probably before this episode goes up. Probably. The holidays is kind of slowing down. Yeah. Slowing it down a bit, but... See, I, I still need to write a review for... Um, Metal Saga? Actually, no, Dempamen Free RPG. Uh, yes. Um... Because, I mean, aside from the fact that it's, like, it's got less story than fantasy life, and <laughs> it's highly repetitive, but at the same time, it fixes a lot of problems that the earlier Dimpa Men games had. It's like, your your Dimpa dudes do not die if you leave the dungeon before healing them. That would be good. Very. Do you still have to go around and scan QR codes and hope that you find something good from that? Well, nice. it's, not, it's not QR codes. It's just um, whatever you... random stuff you receive through the um, Wi-Fi signal. So different locations will have different individually organized dudes showing up. So. Yeah, I, pr- I probably would have been able to take more advantage of that if I had, you know, hung around a place where uh, I picked up a lot of different Wi-Fi signals. But I, I, I don't know. I, I played. I did the scanning thing on the streetcar on the ride to downtown one time, and I picked up like eight different, uh, different antenna types. Well, the few times when I played Dempaman Three, where I actually was around a new Wi-Fi signature, I just didn't have much time, because I was always doing something else. Mm-hmm. So. And let's face it, a small town in the Pacific Northwest is not going to have a whole lot of unique Wi-Fi signatures anyway. Yeah. I think the, the most uh, you know, the most success I had with, with that whole that whole setup with the Nintendo DS and the same with the 3DS is with Animal Crossing. Um, and even then, I mean, I'm in Salt Lake, which isn't the smallest town, but it's also not the largest. And I think I got maybe, I, you know, I would get maybe five or ten tags total in that game. So, yeah, it just, it definitely is hit or miss. I can't imagine going around my DS leaving a standby because DS battery life, uh, uh, you know, when the Wi-Fi is left running and stuff and that whole standby mode of crap wasn't very great. I mean, the, the, and the 3DS handles it a little bit better. My 3DS will last a, a few days. The best one by far is, like, the, the Vita and the PSP and standby mode. 
Um, and I know the Vita's wireless is sort of still on in standby mode, uh, I, I believe, because I get notifications and stuff. But uh, those things last a lot longer. But the DS and the three, uh, 3DS, not super awesome in standby modes. Yeah. Let's see, what else? And I'm still playing Metal Saga. I kind of, I mean, since it's since my PlayStation's in another room and it's not very convenient when I want to keep one particular room with the heater on, I haven't been playing too much lately. But uh, it's also kind of stalled out because I started up Metal Max 2 on the DS, and that's a far superior game. Far, far superior game. Yeah. But yeah, we'll be hearing more about that in the future. Hmm. And um, as I said before, I'm really, really looking forward to Legend of Legacy coming out next month. Because that game had, I mean, just from what I've seen in the videos, it has multiple systems taken directly from several of the Saga DS remakes in style. And some of the Romancing Saga games, too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just look really happy and looking forward to that one. So. Awesome. Yeah. Though, in, in other news, um, back on the 14th, they had the Saga 25th anniversary um, live stream. And they they had a nice retrospective, and they had a they had a uh, an attempt to um, do a speed run of the original saga for Game Boy, and then they announced Saga twenty fifteen with some nice fan art and nothing else about the game known except that it's going to be replaced <laughs> Vita. Uh oh. You, you may have to get a Vita. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm thinking, why couldn't they have done this three years ago when I had the ready cash and fewer need, less need to make excuses for my spending habits? Uh, <laughs> for the matter, why couldn't they just do it for 3DS? Yeah. But you know what? I am getting a 3DS Saga next month. I don't care if they're calling it a different name. <laughs> yes. You can you can slap a different title on it that doesn't change it being a saga game. <laughs> you can make you can have it be developed under a different company. <sighs> and it's still yeah. It's okay. Because all you need to do is hire like literally half the staff that went into the saga romancing saga and saga frontier series. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I think it's a saga game. Yeah, it, I mean, if you Google Legend of Legacy in Japanese, one of the autofill um, options is Saga. I mean, that just came up automatically. I, I have not even searched it for that yet, but yeah, it will tr- attempt to search the keyword Saga to go with Legend of Legacy. Well, that, that's exciting. And, you know, I mean, after listening to you guys talk about it before, I'm very mm-hmm. interested in... in and it's just uh, making me feel even better about my Vita and justifying the purchase to myself. Mm-hmm. It's becoming well, more and more of a little RPG hub. Well, one reason I never got into PlayStation Portable or Vita to begin with is because I have enough games to play and not enough time to play them in. Fair so enough. do I really need to go about adding another, oh, at a short estimate, 50 RPGs to my potential backlog? Yes. Next question. <laughs> 
I, I, you're going to ask like a difficult question now because that was easy. Okay, well then yeah, here. This is all about having stuff on hand mm-hmm. in case the apocalypse does come That's and right. you're somehow able to keep the power on while everything is coming is falling apart around you. It, well, if the apocalypse does happen, then all I need to do is go loot a couple choice video game stores that I know of within walking distance. <laughs> Why buy them now? I mean, if I'm planning for the apocalypse, I should be planning like a good baseball bat, a couple extra pairs of shoes in my size, and some food stock, and then go raid the game stores afterwards. Phil, I think you are clearly the one to rebut this, this sensible course of action, so go go ahead, do it. Unfortunately, the rabid um, you know, first-person shooter fans that are like half your age and stuff, they raided <laughs> everything out and because they were raiding, they were very discriminate, so they took all the, you know, all the RPGs and they just raided the whole store. There's nothing left. You 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 should have bought a Vita earlier enough, before enough. the apocalypse. I'll, I'll just track down the the shooter fans and trade them cans of beans for the <laughs> Please give me that saga game, really. You just you don't understand its worth. Oh no, no! It's like no, you, you, that's not how you bargain. It's like okay, guys, I understand that you're starving. I have in my secret, undisclosed location a cer- certain number of kilograms of canned food. What do you have to trade? Okay, I'll take this one, this one, this one. Oh, I'm not sure that one's not worth very much. Lie. Okay, I'll take that one too. Thank you. Okay, here are your cans of beans. See, you kind of lost that argument when you said you were going to talk to the first-person shooters and you were going to say kilograms because yeah, that you presume that you know these looters understand kilograms and stuff. Where do I live? <laughs> yeah, they don't understand it over there either. Um, what? They're first-person shooters. <laughs> oh, of course. Should have seen that coming. Oh, the flame wars on our forums just started up. <laughs> nah, no first person shooters listening to our podcast. Okay, just and, and other random news. Did you hear Falcom has a new series um, or a new game announced? No, keeping track of everything Falcom does is a full time job. Yeah, well, I just heard about this one again. It's just a teaser site. It's called Tokyo Xanadu. And it's got a really interesting, um, I guess, art there. And you know what? I still haven't figured out how to send send links or anything on this version of Skype. Well, it's on, it's on the staff projects list. If you check the staff projects list in RP Gamer, it's already on there. Now the okay. Xanadu song by Olivia Newton-John is stuck in my head. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Anyway, this one is described as an urban mythology action RPG, and it's kind of got—it's definitely got some, or not, yeah, definitely got some post-apocalyptic tones in here. Those are my favorite kind of tones. Yeah, but yeah. it's um, described as a completely new and original for Falcom series. Well, that's, that's also Some, nothing particularly new. Falcom has a lot of series, and it's... Mm-hmm. But lately, they've been doing a lots and lots of Legend of Heroes, so I think they wanted to really specify that this is not a Legend of Heroes game. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's supposed to come out sometime in 2015. Well, that narrows it down. Yeah. 
course, we know that in 2015 we'll have flying cars, there will be a weather service, lawyers will be abolished, and self-lazing shoes will be out. Oh, that, and that the Chicago Cubs will win against Miami. Finally! Damn. Gosh. Got something to look forward to now. Okay, how about you, Mr. Minky? Phil, thanks so much for sending me Dragon Quest Seven. Merry Christmas, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I I hope to have it done by Christmas. That'd be nice. You know, you just what am I about, at? Six well, hours. <laughs> well, disc two is definitely shorter than disc one. It has to be. Uh, yeah. I, I'm done with character swaps by this point, right? Yes. But seriously, seriously, I hate to see you suffer like this. I really do. You know, it, I find a spot where the fact tells me you are at a level where you will keep j- gaining job points. So why would I move on? for Here, I, I don't need to gain experience. I just want to win fights and gain job levels. So I just do that for a while and you know you get into the rhythm of it especially with the whistle so you don't even have to move you just go right in, back into the menu whistle here comes an enemy or or whatever kill him whistle again and again and again and again until somebody maxes a job class and you go back to the dharma temple and you change the class and then you go back and whistle some more i got into that rhythm for a while and then i and then the plot kicks in once you finally have Unveiled the temple of God in the sky, and God comes back, and you've beaten the demon lord. But oh no, my body may be slain, but uh, my soul is immortal. You will never defeat me. Ha 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 ha. Which, to be fair, is very similar to how Zeromus goes out at the end of Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So I mean, that, that's then again, fairly, it's fairly normal RPG boss trash talking. Then again. And, Zemus gets his butt kicked. Zeroma shows up, okay? That's the end of the game. You beat the Demon Lord here. You beat his second form, because he looks like a freaking rock star in the first form. And then you go through a lot more before you fight him again, I'm presuming, at the end. If you don't fight the Demon Lord as the final boss, then that, that will surprise me a bit. Um... The clairvoyance of the AI when I just got sick of watching the stupid evil books could put me to sleep and pound me to death. So I switched half my all my people that I could to AI and saw what happened. That was startling. How my lead, I, I named him Imbecile. It's a very suitable name for this character. Just look at his official artwork. It's, it seems to fit. Yeah. It was amazing how he got killed, and then in the very same turn, he was revived. How did the AI know to do that? I don't know. I don't have these powers of clairvoyance. But then again, if I keep the AI on all the time, then it'll just spam all of my MP-intensive skills, and we can't that, do that. Yeah, that's a typical one, DQ deal. One of the same thing in 4. AI. One of the few benefits of the AI is that it does react. React. I yeah. To no what happens instead of the usual turn base. That's yeah. That that's not a bug. That's an actual yeah, feature. That's a feature. Yeah, uh, and it's something to be happy about. Because <laughs> otherwise, the extreme randomness of turn order might just really infuriate me for some reason. I don't know. Like, and, and all the enemies going first this turn. Is. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I 
I could wonder, Koichi Saki, Suki, why did you not compose a little more music so that I don't hear the same freaking town theme for the twelfth time? I'm sick of this town theme. Could you please come up with something else? No, no. Uh, why did we only have a couple of sprite unique sprite towns for the people? Uh, what are they? The Leafa, the the Flying Tribe, and uh, Dune, the, the incredibly creatively named place in the sand. It's named Dune. How well, did you ever come up with that name? The Japanese t- name of the place is simply the Kingdom of the Sands, all in kanji. <laughs> so they didn't really have much to work with to begin with. Yeah. I can't really argue with that. Yeah. It, it still Plus, speaks the writers of Enix not thinking very hard. Or whoever did the translation. Um, well, the translation yeah. is okay for the most part, except it has a host of typos. Yeah. Uh, honestly, you you really would have enjoyed the 3DS version more. If anything, you wouldn't be able to complain so much about all the sprites looking the same, because they actually do create more variation, especially even with, or especially with the more important NPCs for each area. Yeah, Um, once you've seen this king who looks suspiciously identical to five other kings you've seen, or, I don't know, this this village chief who also looks suspiciously identical to every other elderly man you've seen in the game, it kind of deflates the importance of the area in my eyes a little bit. Yep. Something else that feels like Dragon Quest VI. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so, yeah, but, but I am on the second disc. I'm hopefully going to beat it. I, I have I a four-day weekend coming up. That should That is exactly what I want to do with my four-day weekend, play Dragon Quest VII and beat it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you've convinced me not to play it now. Thanks, Mike. You're, it's too late, Phil. You you gave yourself this goal before I did. You have to play it. Yeah, but part of my rules is, you know, a game can beat me. Maybe this one beat me before I even got started. <laughs> well, Phil, the only way to know is to take it for a spin. Maybe you, you know, maybe I'm just happy with the fact that you experienced it and suffered for me. It is an experience. Uh, yeah, it an experience that's that's definitely accurate uh i have also been playing don't ask me how because in certain ways this is even worse but i've been playing dragon ball z harakanaru densetsu that is its actual english release name what what was it again harakanaru densetsu yeah what was the first part again harakanaru no 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 um the dragon ball z oh okay Legend yeah. of Faraway Times. Why? Okay, why didn't they translate that? I have no idea. What little voice acting there is is done by English voice actors, so I no wonder this is fairly unknown. And it's it's one of the weirdest games I've ever played. It's pretty much dictated all by a card system, and yeah, you, you get items and you get levels and whatnot, but you move based on the attack rating of your card and you defend based on the defense rating of your card and if each of the cards do different things so if you don't have any cards with a battle icon then uh, you're screwed in a fight you just have to keep using cards until you finally get something that attacks 
uh, if you get I don't know I don't want to go into it too much right now because it's I'm going to slam it hard when it comes to review time because I've already had to go through a section where we're, we're all familiar more or less with Dragon Ball Z right yeah mm-hmm. we remember that if you are significantly weaker than somebody there is pretty much no point in trying to fight you will get your butt kicked that's one of the central tenets of Dragon Ball Z. Yes. All right. So you can imagine what would, what I would feel like if somebody who is known to be significantly weaker than a character gets thrown into a battle with him, uh, what was it, about seven times consecutively. And if you lose any of them, then you go back to the start of the level with no t- opportunity to save. And you have to win all of them. And you mm-hmm. get to do this if your cards are right. That's That's Good. pretty much it. And you move just by going around little notches on the board. It's like a board game. And you sometimes get time limits, so if you don't have the right cards to move a certain number of turns, then, uh, well, that's just too bad. It's, it <laughs> yeah. sounds like uh, they just took one of the basic Sugoroku RPGs. Um, well, yeah, board game, like um, Dokapong. Yeah, that's... Duh, Dokapong. Yeah, that's... I mean, that is a regular style in Japan. I mean, I think they even had a minigame in Dragon Quest III based, that was the basis for it. But I'm just kind of surprised that they ever brought it to America. Yeah, I, do, I don't understand it either. I I really, really wish that if you've just gone say, through, through, say, a half an hour level where all of the random enemies that attack you were easily dispatched and then the boss kicks your butt because you got unlucky, you could save maybe, but no, you can't. That would be too convenient. And this did happen to me, yes. Um, oh, yeah, and the animations. Th- these are wonderful animations in battle. They're still frames. With speed lines. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. I mean, that's what you think of when you think of DS-level t- graphics, right? Mm-hmm. Still frames with speed lines. Ooh. Ah. Uh, that's about it for me lately. Oh, Phil, you need to go get the riff tracks for the '98 Godzilla. Yeah. Oh, is that the one I, I saw in a the? I think that's the one <laughs> Shirley and I went to see in the eye. Because it was that the one they released on on in the theaters first, like a live showing in the theaters. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so I actually – it's a little bit of a funny story. But I had bought the, the tickets to go and see that, and Shirley and I were like – there was only one other couple in the theater. <laughs> so that was awesome. Yeah. Um, well, whatever technology they were using to simulcast that or whatever have you, they, they, they need to kind of work the bugs out of it because we missed part of the beginning, and then it cut off to, uh, before the end. Uh, we complained to the manager, and he gave us um, – tickets you know to the to come back to see other movies <laughs> so yeah yeah that was pretty awesome uh well uh, it, i hadn't seen it in 16 and a half years and drift tracks is definitely the way to see this <laughs> I, I understand all of the subsequent godzilla movies in japan just relegated this thing to zilla the americans thought this was godzilla no, it was not Godzilla. Uh, what the hell else is there to say? Jean Reno is in there for some reason. 
Because John Renault makes anything more badass just by being there. It's true. He doesn't get much to do except do an Elvis impersonation, but even that, because it's John Renault, is kind of funny. Hmm. But Matthew Broderick, goddamn, this is one of his worst performances. <laughs> well, it was pretty bad when we were watching it. I mean, as far as the movie itself goes, <laughs> I mean, technical issues aside and the such. Um, there were some definitely some good LOL moments from the riff. Um, uh, yeah. I remember they find a, a crashed cruise ship in Jamaica or, or a cargo ship in Jamaica or something, and the riff mic comes on. They, the, the excavators found the, the remains of an of a sailor with abnormally large forearms and three hundred cans marked spinach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did some really good funny stuff there. Um, definitely, I'm always, yeah, we're both big fans of Rift Track, so go on. Yeah, definitely go out and check that stuff out. Um, let me see here. What have I been doing? Uh, working hard. And got through Dragon Quest V, working on Dragon Quest Six. still, getting frustrated with Six. Um. No, you can't get frustrated yet. You have Dragon Quest Seven to go through. Mm, yeah, I don't think I'm going to make it there, Miki. I think that's all you. Pretty sure that's all you. You need to experience at least a little more of it, Phil. You need to find the job system, which is, of course, on the eighth island of, uh, what was it, 18? Yeah. That, that's some great pacing. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, you've I'm just... I remember how long it took me to get there in my game. You've just got me so stoked, Mike. I just, I, I don't know. I, I just, boy... I'm pretty sure Am I going to have to do the RPG Trek segment on Dragon Quest Seven? Is this where we're going? You know, you just you just might because you you know you did this. You you kind of like ruined it for me now. Um, you should have been like, yeah. oh man, Phil's game is so awesome. You can't wait to get to it, Phil. Phil, Phil, the 3DS version is so awesome. Um, sucks to be you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but but wait, wait, I, I got it, Phil. You're you're looking for great value for money, right? Because you're going to spend a lot of time for each dollar you spent on this game. There's no question whatsoever. That's... You are going to spend your some good quality time with this game. You're not going to finish it quickly. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Wait, wait, not wait really... that didn't do it? No, well, no. Pr- pretty well, sure. James, no. James, um, again, just to, just to make feel really jealous of the 3DS version probably you too uh, a lot of the, the a lot of the um, for the job leveling a lot of the limits were reduced or... oh that's just what I wanted to hear yes thank you yes so the actual grinding requirements are not nearly as bad and since you can see all enemies on the field before you encounter them now it's what? much easier. oh yeah. that is so wrong uh, that's like means, they're spitting I mean, in our face Mike yeah, that means that you can avoid as many battles as you want. So, um, let's see, I actually got the ability to change classes, like completely completed the island Temple of Dharma quest mm-hmm. at just under 20 hours into the game. That's about the same time I had spent with the PS1 version. No, I mean, actually got the job system and had changed jobs at that time. Wow. Are you sure the game is taunting you, Mike? Uh, it's, it's way too late to use a mild word like taunt. 
<laughs> no, I, I think I think we're restricted. Need to go onto language that we should not be putting onto a podcast. Not that that's ever stopped. No, us we're before. we're trying not to repel any potential viewers, or yeah. listeners. Huh. <sighs> Fine. But Fine. You, you, you have to keep on, Phil. You you must persevere. Fine. Oh, what else? Um, still kind of doing my whole little. Oh, yeah, I'm kind of still doing my whole little shtick as far as I I dabble. I've been dabbling in World of Warcraft and Diablo. Um, still go back and play with those once in a while. So uh, Starcraft too. So if you are a fan of any of those games, you want to join me sometime, just send me out a tweet or something or whatever it is people do these days to communicate. Uh, let's see here. What else? And I've been doing some drawings again. So if you follow my tweet, tweet, uh, th- whatever the heck it was called, tweeter, tweeter feed. Is it Sorry, tweeter not, feed? Not a twit over here. Sorry. Tweeter feed. Uh, well, and there's other ways. Uh, if you're just totally not into Twitter, you can always um, uh, my uh, my art website is you know jcservant.deviantsart.com. DeviantArt is a place where a lot... It's a great place, by the way. If you've never been to DeviantArt, uh, a lot of amateur and pro artists um, have put up their work there. And a lot of times when I'm looking for a picture of a character... In fact, I did this when I was designing the logo for RPG Backtrack. Um, I just went on to DeviantArt and just looked up Cloud, you know, from Final Fantasy. And you'll find some very, really, really nice done um, artwork with uh, Cloud. In fact, he looks better than the video games. Um, but anyways, any any picture you're looking for, someone has done you know, artwork, fan art, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, portfolio. That's what we call it. Yeah, we upload, a lot of people upload their portfolio there. So, and you can actually hire some of these people if you want a particular piece of artwork done, you got a favorite character, whatever. There's a lot of people up there who are very gifted artists. I'm nowhere close to most of these people, but uh, I've been drawing in my spare time here and there for the last two, two and a half decades. So I got a new program at the beginning of the year, Manga Studio Pro, which gives me more tools for making comic books, uh, pages, as well as you know character design and such. And I didn't really spend a lot of time with it this year. So uh, it was kind of a New Year's resolution that just kind of fell between the gaps because of real life. But uh, kind of been doing that. Like Mike, I got some days off, so be farting around with that a little bit more. Are you sure you won't be farting around with Dragon Quest Seven now that you have some TV time? Yeah, pretty pretty much. I, yeah, I do have the benefit. I, do you actually, Mike, do you just sit there and play Dragon Quest Seven? I mean, do you not have I a television to... on? Well, I have... Like somewhere else that you can see? Not easily. No, that's I, what I was afraid of. You poor I, thing. I can... I can listen to things on my laptop from there, but that's it. Oh, you can listen to podcasts. You can go back and listen to all the... By the time you get through our entire library of RPG backtracks, which we've estimated being well over 500 hours, you might have actually beat the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, that might happen. Yeah. Then again, by that point, we'll be well into spring. Super, uh, I also read in some news this week, maybe it was RP Gamer, maybe it was another website, I don't remember, but um, uh, one, uh, Cassandra probably knows this better than I do if it was on our site or not, but did, did we have on our site about uh, the fact that the uh, guys at whatever studio it's called that made Divinity Original Sin are basically 
uh, creating two new um, retro-style kind of RPGs along those lines. That I don't think we have that I recall. Hmm. So I remember reading it somewhere. I, you know, there's a number of websites I go to, and RP Gamer is just one of them. So that's pretty cool. That's got me a little excited because uh, Divinity Original Sin, inventory tracking aside, uh, is a pretty darn fun game. Um, it does use Ultima old style inventory management with the bags or whatever. Um, that's a little irritating. Could have done away with that, but in, in other ways, it takes the best. And for most ways, it takes the best of retro style turn based uh, tactical RPGs. I love myself some tactical RPGs. Don't you, Mike? Yes. I know you do. Sometimes. I don't know about Baker. Does Baker like tactical RPGs? What's your favorite tactical RPG, Baker? Um, hmm, it's been a while since I've played one properly. Um, so do you want me to go with something that you know or something that you don't know? Yeah, let's, let's do something that our audience would know. Well, darn it. Okay, that's hard to there. Uh, <laughs> what was the last one I played? Besides Disgaea 5 and the MMO version, which was kind of fun. Also, is Disgaea 5 looking like it's going to be good? I saw the news for that, too. Yeah. Oh, the demo version was fun. I went back a second time just to see if I could figure out how to completely maximize the amount of damage done in one set of turns. Now, uh, the Disgaea games have been... 3 million damage total in that one battle. Yeah. Jeez. The Disgaea games, you know, are pretty similar to one another. Does Disgaea 5 uh, push it any further than a traditional well, it's, well, jump? According to the president of, of Nippon Ichi, they specifically went in with the fan request in mind for more story, please. <laughs> so um, it's a lot. It's got a lot more chapters in it than most of the Disgaea games, and it's got a, supposed to have a stronger story. And just a lot sillier. What is uh? Do you know anything about the squad system that I read about? Um, I'm not quite sure. Supposedly, the it says the squad system adds another layer to the army building process. Players pick a character to act as a squad leader and provide other units as subordinates. This provides everyone in the squad with various buffs based on the composition. Squads can increase their level by capturing enemy units in battles and using them as backup. Squads also have access to squad skills in which the entire squad attacks another squad. Which, kind of, I, I mean, just reading it on paper reminds me a little bit of, um... Oh, cruddy. One, the one with, uh... The, oh, Lord, I'm so bad with these names. The squad-based game that they came out with a while back. Like, a long time ago. Like, PlayStation 2. Grr. Well, well I can say that... that- particular mechanic was not in the demo that I played, so I can't really say how it works or not. Okay, now it's going to bug me. Yeah. The, the one with... Uh, no, why do I want to say Gog? <laughs> Gog? Jog? Bog? Grrr. Og? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh... Boy, that's gonna bug me to death. So, sounds like you had a ton of fun with it. Cool. You can find you can find those articles, including the article about Disgaea Five with beautiful screenshots, uh, posted by Zach Webster. Um, that's all at rpgamer.com. 
Uh, yeah, these these are pretty pretty screenshots. I like screenshots. Disgaea games are pretty. The newer ones, especially with higher resolution. Ha ha. Uh, yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. Hmm. Alrighty. Oh, where are we at? Does anybody else have anything? Mm. Nope. No. I think nope. we've probably got enough for one night. Okie dokie. Fine, fine, fine. Um... Let's uh, let's say uh, we do like a disclaimer, so mentioning that RPG Backtrack is a production of RPGamer.com, your source for news, reviews, and home to the best gaming community on the net. So head over to RPGamer.com, as I mentioned before, read all of our articles, check out our forums, engage with us in conversations. Of course, as I mentioned before, you can head over to Twitter. Um, I'm at JC Servant. Mr. Mike Minky is at Jumason Baker. Ramos, do you have any Twitter handles you want to share? I don't. Nope. You guys are very engaged with the public. Gosh, dang it. Um, so- sometimes it's better to just let the public do their thing elsewhere so you don't catch anything. Engage. <laughs> you know you want to engage. Sorry, already married. Bye bye. <laughs> I'm married too, but now I'm a polygamist. Ha ha. Anywho. Hmm. Oh, we also have two other podcasts the RPG Cast and the um, Active Topical, Active Topical Banter. Banter. That's right. And you can check those out over at rpgamer.com. Everything's on the left hand side. Plus, you can listen. Soul Nomad. That was the name of the game. Soul Nomad and the World Eaters. Ha ha. Did you play that one, Baker? No. Ah. I. I went through like three Nipponichi games in a row one year, several years back, and mm-hmm. I just really, I have not gotten into a lot of them after that. Uh, no. Isn't that, but aren't, I mean, it's, 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 it's it, but you like Disgaea, right? Yeah, but Disgaea 5 is also the first one I'd played since Disgaea 1. Fair enough. Okay, um, RPG <laughs> Backtrack, blah, blah, blah. Listen to all of our previous shows. We have lots of them, tons of them. You could like binge listen, and it would take you like almost a whole month now without sleeping. Probably a month with sleeping if you give yourself like six to eight hours a day. I think you could just barely pull it off if you listen to it nonstop. So all of that, it's at rpgamer.com. Mr. Uh, Minky, want to put us to bed? Oh, gosh. We have just gone through the least well-remembered Mathnazis? I don't know. But I still enjoyed most of this time more than I enjoyed my, my time with Final Fantasy VIII.
Whoa, you've made it this far. Bet you thought the podcast was over. Technically it is, but hey, it's Christmas, and I like to give things away, so I've kind of smuggled this extra little quick giveaway segment right in the middle of it. Consider it an extra bonus Christmas present. So, um, I have a couple of extra Steam games I'm going to give away, and uh, most of them are going to be given away more than a couple actually but most of them I'll be giving away through uh, Twitter so if you're following me it's twitter.com for slash jcservant or just follow at jcservant and uh, and you'll see randomly I'll be putting up uh, clues or questions I don't know what I'm going to do yet but I'm going to give these guys away mostly through Twitter however there's one game since you've lasted this long through the podcast that I'm going to give to the first person who does the following but first, let me tell you what you might win. You might win Might Magic Clash of Heroes. If you haven't played this before, it's a really, really fun puzzle um, RPG. Even if you've played it before, if you haven't played the Steam version, the PC version, I should say, then uh, you might want to check it out because uh, I originally played this on my DS, and while that was a fun experience, the later releases t- tweak some of the gameplay. The PC version features some pretty high-def graphics. Uh, which look a lot better than my DS version. And if you haven't played it before, oh my gosh, are you in for a surprise, because it's a really great puzzle RPG combo. So we've talked about it on the show before. It's one of my favorite games. I must have played this thing like three times, which is extremely rare, because you guys know me. I barely beat a game once if I'm lucky. So, Might Magic Clash of Heroes. To win this, I will give this to the first person who shoots me off an email and asks for it. That's jcservant at cyberlightcomics.com. And that's, uh, hmm, that's a lot to spell, but uh, JCS for Sam, E-R-V for Victor, A-N for Nancy, T for Tom, at cyberlightcomics, at C-Y-B for boy, E-R-L-I-G-H-T-C-O-M-I-C-S, just like it sounds, dot com. So the first person who shoots off an email to that email address and says, please send me Clash of Heroes, I will uh, I will send you directions on how I can send that to you through Steam, um, or maybe I'll just I'll just email you the code. I think is the way it works. Um, you do have to have Steam in order to play that game. In fact, all my giveaways are pretty much Steam giveaways. It's really easy to send games through Steam. Much easier than going to the post office and mailing a cartridge through the mail. Wanna wanna just thank all of you for uh, listening to the to the show. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Hanukkah, whatever your thing may be. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on the next RPG Backtrack. Thank you.